With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today, we are welcoming a new sponsor to the show, IP Vanish. Now, you're going to probably ask me, what is IP Vanish? Well, they are a virtual private network, a VPN for short. A VPN is a super important tool that helps you safely browse the internet. You can use a VPN on your computers, tablets, phones, even things like your Fire Stick while you're streaming media. When you use a VPN, all your data is encrypted. What you're reading, what you're searching, what you're watching, whatever it is you are doing, that's important because what you're doing on the internet isn't anyone's business and it's no one else's business either. So IPVanish helps you remain anonymous and secure on the internet. For listeners of The Last Word on Spurs, IPVanish is offering an incredible 65% off just $3.49 for the first month or 27.99 for the year. Incredibly, the offer is on. With IPVanish, as we mentioned, you get... Anonymous IP addresses, this means your personal IP can't be tracked by anyone on the web. Circumvent any online censorship. IPVanish has more than over 1,500 servers in 70 plus locations. You get protection whilst using public Wi-Fi. Remember, when IPVanish, all your data is encrypted so no one can snoop on what you're doing. 24-7 support, you can email, chat with them, even call them. They are always there to help. So simply go to ipvanish.com slash spurs and claim 65% savings. They have plans at just starting £3.49 or $27.99 per year. This is the time to sign up with our discount and their current promotional offerings. You can get a VPN for 65% off their usual offerings. That's ipvanish.com forward slash spurs show these guys some love they are say they are repeat sponsors remember it's ipvanish.com forward slash spurs and get protecting yourself online today Harry Wicks right at the last
and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well out there. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us across a range of audio platforms. We're on Audio Boom, Spotify, iTunes, and pretty much every single audio application you can find us on. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And I'm delighted to be back talking about a Tottenham win. I left this show, Tottenham top of the league. I'm coming back with Spurs potentially still able to win the league. That's all I'm going to say on that. Helping me through this next hour and a bit. Delighted to have alongside me our crazy train instructor, Mr. Lee McQueen's in the house. Lee, how are you? I'm in the house, mate. We're back to winning ways, which is very, very nice indeed. And yeah, and absolute welcome back. Welcome home, Ricky Sachs, mate. I actually <laughs> thought you'd retired, fella. <laughs> I feel like I retired, to be honest with you. I'd it's so nice amazing to, to have you back, mate. Your dulcet tones, we've all oh. missed you. So uh, fantastic. What a brilliant show we've got ahead. What a brilliant show we've got ahead. And also pleased to have back on our show, the wonderful John from Lee White Rose. John, how are you? Hello, Rick. Yeah, doing really well. Delighted to be back on after a, a vital and much needed three points today. Hopefully that propels us in the right direction moving forward. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you back, mate. We've missed yeah. you on the show. And uh, and yeah, looking forward. It's a good one to discuss tonight. Big win. And I'm looking forward to getting into it. Thank you very much, mate. Listen, I've got to say, all you guys have been amazing, but this guy especially, without him, my God, where would I be? What would I do? Would I even have a marriage? Would I even have a child? Brilliant to have him back on our show. The wonderful Richard Cracknell joins us. Rich, how are you, my friend? Oh, someone's taken my job. <laughs> the king yeah, he's claiming it my job. Didn't want it anymore. The king. <laughs> uh, Rick, welcome back, mate, and congratulations. Fantastic stuff. Brilliant. Listen, I've got a big thank you to do as well to Lee, to John, to Jamie, to Ant, to Chris, to Adam, to yourself. Because oh, you. in, in that time that I was caretaker manager, you know, <laughs> I came in like Sam Allardyce and caretaker <laughs> manager. Can I just say, Rich, it was a bit more entertaining than Sam Allardyce, though, to be fair. Every show I had a pint of gravy and kept saying to people, yeah, 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 I, I can get you that. Don't worry about that. Lee, Lee secretly recording my meetings. And, uh, but listen, everybody just chipped in, real like proper war effort, chipped in, got it done. And it, like the listeners as well, the amount of people that messaged and just said, you know, really enjoying it, like good stuff, well done, keep going was absolutely brilliant. Do you know what? I, I, tell you, I tell you how good everybody was, and we all know how social media can be. I had one person only in all that time that said, can't wait for Ricky to get back. And that was today, funny enough. Couldn't stand crackers. Can't wait for Ricky to get back. Thanks, Mum. Thanks for tweeting that. I really appreciate well, that. I did pay him about 100 quid for that, Rich. <laughs> Oh, listen, it's been incredible. Absolutely oh. loved it. Loved it. But as I said, the king is dead. Long live the king. Welcome well, back. Thank you so much, Rich. Can I just say, because um, I think many have known that you've been on this show now for the last two to three years, which I must say. So I think it's only the right time now to announce Tottenham Hotspurs. And last word on Spurs is now first signing of this January transfer window. And as that Richard Cracknell is officially a last word on Spurs podcast member. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm virtually holding up the shirt with my name on beautiful, the back of that's it. Beautiful, that's a so, great straight shirt. Straight from La Liga, look, from La Liga. And thing, announced, thing, crackers, crackers you, announced. That's it, and you and you qualify as homegrown as well, even though you're from, you know, over from the old Spanish waters, you do qualify as homegrown, mates. It's happy days. 
Oh dear, well, there you go. We've done a January signing, which means Tottenham have got to make a signing too very soon. We'll keep an eye on, like I say, what happens with Tottenham and the January transfer window. Lots to come. But I'll tell you what, let's talk about today's result. Tottenham Hotspur back to winning ways. And I'll start with you, John, on this one. It was Ndombele's outrageous goal for Spurs that helped us get back on track in the Premier League. We outclassed Sheffield United, but nerves might have set it back a little bit after McGoldrick's goal. You told me you was always confident. Had it not been for Ndombele's bit of genius that we saw. But tell us, John, how did you feel on the back of that win? Yeah, it was a vital three points. And, and as I tweeted during the game, as soon as we got that second goal, I was super confident we'd go on and secure the three points. In so many recent games we've played, the likes of Palace, Fulham, Wolves, even at Liverpool, actually, and we had that chance with Stevie Bergwijn, there's been so many opportunities to get a second vital goal and really propel ourselves towards three points. And we've denied ourselves that on multiple occasions. We've gone close, Suns hit the post, Bergwijn's hit the post, etc. So I just felt so confident today when Harry picked up the ball and absolutely levelled it into that bottom corner that we would be coming home with three points. So I was just absolutely delighted with that. And I felt super confident at that point, despite the fact that we conceded. Uh, I thought we would see it out. And uh, we did more than that. You know, Tangi and Dombele, a real bit of class. You know, most players in the Premier League wouldn't even attempt that just from a scooped ball by Stevie Bergwijn. Uh, but, but he did. He's got the ability. He's got the talent. We see it all the time now. Uh, and it was a great finish that sealed us a wonderful three points. And, and more important than that, actually, was that we've gone away, scored three goals. And only one of those three goals has come from Kane and or Son. You know, it's vital for us, actually, moving forward, that we've got other players chipping in with goals. Um, you know, it, it allows Kane and Son sometimes to have an off day if you've got other players, you know, doing that and helping towards us getting the three points. So that was really pleasing. Uh, and, and more so, I thought Joe Roden was also outstanding, coming in for only his second Premier League start. So hopefully he can build on that confidence now and get a run of games. And also a shout out to Stevie Bergwijn. I thought he worked his absolute socks off today. And his performance actually allows Kane and Son to play better. And we certainly look a better team with Stephen in the side. So I think he just needs that goal. Hopefully, if we're in it, you know, comfortably a couple of goals up in a game and we get a penalty or something, maybe Kane will allow Stephen to take a, a chance at that. I just want him to get one goal. The ability is there, as we've said all along. And I feel like once he gets one, the goals will come and we'll suddenly look far more promising moving forward. So, yeah, really great day. Vital three points. And it sort of keeps us alive in that top four uh, debate. You know, everyone's going to say, look, you know, we, we lost points in that game, or we lost points in this game, but everyone's doing it. Everyone, every supporter in that top eight is thinking to themselves, um, you know, oh, we dropped points in this, or we dropped points in that. So it's all swings and roundabouts at the moment. It's all very, very close, but we kept ourselves in amongst it with a vital three points today. Yeah, it was a vital three points. And to be fair, since I've been away, coming around to you, Rich, I think we have seen, um, with regards to Jose Mourinho, I think it's, it's been difficult, fair to say, the last couple of months in terms of the style of play. I know it's, it's been very much highlighted on this show, um, amongst other social platforms as well. There, of course, Twitter being the main one, that um, the style and the way Spurs are playing in terms of this kind of defensive approach, when they do go one up, it can be quite difficult to watch. I mean, but at the moment, speaking, Spurs, we're in contention now still for a top four place. We're seven games unbeaten. We are in a domestic cup final. We're through to the Europa League group stages, to the next round of the FA Cup. Should we be looking at a bit more of a half glass full rather than a half glass empty? Uh, I think I think that's just Jose and the press and the um, and the narrative that follows him around, Rick. Really, I think that's 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 just him. He's quite divisive like that, and sometimes it can be quite easy just just to get into him and and level these things at him. But Fulham last week was that Jose style of play that that nobody can can really like. It was just too defensive. Today, 
was like the second half of the Liverpool game, where we're just that little bit more fluid, a little bit more free-flowing, the shackles off just a touch more. And it's it's perfectly watchable. It's perfectly good to watch. And I, I don't see how that's not entertaining, to be honest. I, I, you know, that is entertaining football. Take away the results, just watch the football. And you can watch that. that. That's good. That's good football for me. It's all right. It's not swashbuckling like we've had in the past and previous managers. It's not. But it's good football. The, the only thing that really concerns me is the, the these carbon copy mistakes and goals that keep coming in. So although we got the result today, um, there, there's just these continued errors there's certain things which don't seem to be changing it's like Sonny looked a bit leggy again today that's a concern um we conceded that goal again carbon copy that's time after time after time the cross comes in ball drops between two defenders and we get caught so as pleased as I am today to see the result and to see the performance as well that that concerns me because when we come up against somebody better than Sheffield United, who really are cannon fodder at the moment. Is that going to be our undoing? But having said that, they seem to be just small things that we need just to put right. And I think we're, I think we're flying. I think you're right, Rich. I mean, definitely over the last 18 to 24 months, you know, we do see with Tottenham this continual individual errors being made. And especially this season, the amount of goals we've conceded from set pieces, um, being beaten airily has been a massive concern. I mean, I wonder if that's why Toby Alvaro has found himself out of the team. But Lee, to bring it round to you, Mourinho said after the game that the performance was good, the team was very dominant, we created enough chances in the first half to kill the game off, and in the second half, the intention was the same. Then we had the genius action of Ndombele that brought us back. And what I found very interesting, Lee, was ahead of the game in Mourinho's pre-match press conference was the case where he made the point that, look, I'm telling the players to play fluid, attacking, fast football despite the scoreline at half-time. What did you make, Lee, of the game overall? Was you quite content? And even when it was at 2-1, was you always confident that Spurs would see this game out? Yeah, I don't. I think I think I put in a group, didn't I? It was never in doubt today. The result, um, and 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 it was pleasing compared to 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 the Fulham match. I mean, I, I come off the. I was going to say come off the pitch, but uh, when the boys w- walked off the pitch last uh, in in midweek and we drew with Fulham, I, I mean, we were all distraught, all of us. And I think that you know, obviously you can't please everyone, but it's an emotional um, analysis, and that's what we did, and that's what that's why um, that we do the pod straight after the games. I think today was um, was brilliant in, in terms of the way we started. I often talk about um, starting off, you know, forgive the pun, but starting off like a train, really fast, in at them, get the ball. And that's exactly what we did. You can't argue with that. I mean, first eight minutes, we were fantastic, scored a goal as well. From a corner, by the way, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Something's happening on corners. We've scored a couple from corners now. Um, so Serge, uh, you know, muscles his way in there and, and fights and gets the header in. Um, and we go one nil up. And I thought we were playing really well um you know when you look at the stats overall they, they probably become a little bit disappointing 14 attempts far only five on target uh 58 possession just shy of 600 passes 82 percent accuracy great great stuff in terms of the accuracy there anything over 80 percent is decent but where i found, found with spurs today is although they were much better i totally agree with crackers in terms of the carbon copy i mean you, how many times do you need to deep crossing from the left-hand side to it, to, to, to an attacker's head and going to the back of the net? 
You know, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I've got there's a Newcastle situation there when Andy Carroll got the penalty. There's the Everton first game of the season, bang, exactly the same situation. Um, uh, uh, Crystal Palace, what exactly the same situation? Um, today, exactly the same situation. Fulham, exactly the same situation. I mean, come on, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff still to improve on. But I think that's what's quite interesting as well. And I've had the time for my emotion to calm down from Fulham and actually start looking at it. I suppose retrospective. It's almost like watching a match back once once you know what the the result is. Um, this was a massive three points, and I know you know Sheffield United at the bottom of the league. We should be sweeping them aside, but we did sweep them aside today. Now Sonic the post. We've scored three. Um, I would I would have liked Ramsdale to be tired today. I would have liked Ramsdale to be walking off that pitch thinking, my word. Of what a game I've had to have today, which he wasn't. And that would be my only critique, if you like, Rick, is that their goalkeeper, I didn't really have loads and loads to do. We weren't making world-class save after world-class save. And I think with the quality that we've got in this side, like um, John talked about before about Bergie, you know, once he gets a bit of confidence, starts getting his shots away. That was, for me, the, the, uh, the amount of shots that we've had, have a go. There were so many times during this football match that we got into space and I thought, go on, son, have a go. Nope, have a little pass. By the time I have a little pass, it goes a bit sideways, it goes a bit backwards. There was no Sissoko in to do backwards sideways today. He weren't even inside. There was no winks, so they can't get the ump. Well, you can have the ump with them if you want, but they weren't in the, in the team today. Yet we still went a lot of backwards sideways scenarios. Are you with me, lads and listeners? So yep. I think there's some improvement to do. You know, you can't have a go at their start. There was definitely a reaction. It was completely in control. And what a bit of, I mean, absolute sublime skill from uh, from Ndombele. And I do think that it was the timing of the goals. You know, you know, I know goals change games no matter what. It's always good to score a goal. But specifically, what was it, two and a half minutes after yeah, they took, scored? Took the stuff in Emily, didn't it? It really did. And that, that was total game over at that point. Yeah. Agree. Now, as always, guys, we've had a whole host of listener questions come in in the hundreds, so we'll try and get a flavour of them out. Michael Bennett at Benno the Year says, a changing formation today meant we set up a bit more attacking. This should be employed against the perceived lesser teams whilst playing counter-attacking football against the teams in and around us. We didn't look as sturdy from previous games, but the result was more comfortable. Michael Belair says, Kane puts one in from 20 yards and it's still not the best goal of the game. Free at the back. Is this the best way to secure the defence and get Tungy and the attacking players forward? It seems so. Or are Sheffield United too weak to tell us the answer? We're going to come on to those points there. Ryan Smith says, finally, we've realised that if we attack, we win games. Kane is clearly in the top five strikers in the world. No Delhi and Bale as an unused sub. What is going on with these lads? We're going to come on to that. And a huge welcome back to Ricky. The crazy train continues. It most certainly does. Thank you for that, Ryan. Nathan Lumber says, an improved performance that can still be done better. Glad we went with three at the back. Roden impressive, as well as Bergvine, Kane, and of course, Ndombele. Will Rodon be given a run in the team now? Now, talking about Roden, let's discuss the team who's ahead of the game. John, to come round to you, Joe Roden, he made only his second Premier League start alongside Eric Dyer, with Toby Alvarez left on the bench once again. Ben Davis came into the team into a back three with Sergio Regulon and Serge Aurier as the right backs. We saw Steven Bergwijn return after Inglis to play up front, or say, say, say play alongside the likes of Hummin Son, Harry Kane and that front three. And there was no places in the squad for Deli Ali. Harry Winks, Matt Doherty, Javit Tanganga, and of course the injured Giovanni Lo Celso. Jedson Fernandez making a rare appearance on the Spurs bench alongside Gareth Bale, who again did not get minutes. What did you make of that team, John? Yeah, it was an interesting lineup. Certainly the change of formation. I, I, I initially thought about it quite negatively, actually. I thought 
you know, we're Tottenham Hotspur. Why are we changing our formation to match up with Sheffield United? We should be going there, have our formation, have our style. We'll dictate to you how the game's going to go, not vice versa. But look, in hindsight, it's worked a treat. It allowed Sergio Regulon to have a few bursts forward in the knowledge that Ben Davis was covering him. He was like a roadrunner today, Regulon. He had a couple of great uh, sort of scoop overs that he did over Sheffield United players. And uh, that allowed us a, a new attacking outlet. Obviously, Aurier was quite advanced as well. So, yeah, it gave us a real opportunity. In terms of should we use it moving forward, I think only time will tell. Sheffield United are rooted bottom of the Premier League. Maybe a test against them and a test against even a mid-table side will be totally different. So I think time will tell on that one. But no, I thought the lineup was interesting. Look, if we paid money for Roden, let's use him. You know, uh, there's no point buying all these people and never selecting them to play. So I was pleased he was in and, and I was impressed. I would like to see him keep his place. I think for the game with Liverpool, uh, I'd probably put Toby back in and maybe look at Toby, Dyer and Roden as a back three. Um, but that obviously then, you know, Liverpool don't really play with a two up front. They play with Firmino up front on his own, but then with Mane and Salah uh, supporting him from the wings. So, yeah, that would be an interesting one. You won't really want three centre-halves marshalling just one Firmino. Um, so, so maybe we'll mix it up for that game. But But certainly... Uh, it was an interesting op- option to have and something that we can use moving forward in the knowledge that our players can slot into that formation. Uh, and in terms of those that missed out that you listed, I think it's quite surprising some of them, to be honest with you, especially with now with the additional substitutes you can name on the bench. Uh, the, the inclusion of Gedson, again, baffles me beyond belief. You know, the fact that he's getting any minutes at all over even homegrown products like Harvey White or even Alfie Devine, you know, these are people who are going to be the future of Tottenham Hotspur, whereas we know they're having talks to send Gedson back. So I don't know if it's part of his loan deal. There's some agreement if he has to be involved a certain number of times or there's penalties incurred or, or that sort of thing. Um, but I find it baffling that he continues to be included. I think it's fair, like I say, John, to kind of have those gripes in terms of why some of our younger players aren't going to be in the squad. If Jedson, who we like you say there, we admittedly know... He's in talks about a potential return. He's not really featuring for Tottenham whatsoever. And I think, I say, again, out of that squad news, no Deli Alley. I mean, Lee, I know you had your thoughts on it. We're going to come around to you in a second. But Rich, just to come and ask you about Deli, you know, with two weeks in the window to go, I think the message seems very loud and clear from Jose to Levy in regards to how he feels about Deli in terms of where he sees him in his plans or not in his plans by, again, a non-selection. Do you expect by, again, their not being in the squad, that to accelerate this move for Delhi? Yeah, I, I think so. It looks like it's now broken down beyond repair and um, just neither side fancies each other anymore. I think, uh, to be fair to Delhi, they looked like there was a bit of an attitude problem. And a lot of this, I think, is not for public consumption as such. We don't see what's been going on. But when Delhi got given his chance to come back in in cup games and that, I thought he actually he tried a leg. He looked good. He looked like he wanted to be there. He looked like he was being professional. Um, but as I say, I, th- I just think there's things that's been going on out of the public gaze that, that we don't know. And it's just got to a point where it's not happening. You know, it's, it seems to be playing itself out on social media with, Delhi putting pictures up and um, so I, I, I think it, it, it's done. So it, it's now got to a point where it could start to almost become poisonous where a Delhi in the dressing room, you know, the lads must talk and on WhatsApp and in the dressing room and what's going on. And 
you know, just that that vibe around the place. So probably best if he does go out on loan now and then just see what, what comes from there. It'll be interesting to see if he's loaned or sold. And I think that might tell us quite a lot about the long-term future of Jose Mourinho as well. If he's sold, strap in because it looks like Jose's here. For a bit longer. If he's loaned, you, you never quite know, do you? If Jose gets to the end of the season and you know he doesn't fancy us, we don't fancy him, something happens, then there's a chance to bring Delhi back under a new manager. But for now, I think it's probably best, you know, it, it's almost like going to marriage guidance and, and, and them saying, well, I think you're better off having a troll separation and see how you feel about each other in a month's time or something. But, uh, yeah, De- De- Delhi for me is done. It's, uh, you know, as you was talking about Bell, Bell's the weird one for me. It's just, he's just getting, apart from the cup, he's getting nothing. He's not even getting a 15, 20 minutes at the end of, end of a game. Like today, I thought, you know, Sheffield United didn't offer up much. Yep. Give him, give, Give Bell 10, 15 minutes. I don't know if you saw it, Rich, during a week on social media, there was that kind of audio clip that we don't know who, let's just be honest, we don't know who that was directed at, where it says, you know, you can go back to Madrid and play no minutes. We don't know if that was directed at Regulon. We don't know if that was directed at Gareth Bell, if it was directed at another member of the squad. I just find it all a bit strange at the moment. You know, all the reports coming out, Spurs reporters seem to indicate that, you know, Bale is very happy at being at the club and insiders say he's like a mischievous child. But then on the flip side, you think, well, hold on a second. You know, the guy did want to come and play football. I'm sure there's an ambition there. A guy that's won the Champions League, won the Liga. He must want to play football. I, I promise you we're going to bring on to Gareth Bale in a bit more detail because it is, you know, bemusing at the moment that he's not getting minutes. But Lee, just to finish up on Deli Alley, because I know this subject can become quite boring, quite nauseating because... I don't want to get into kind of who's wrong, who's right, but do you expect now, Lee, there to be some movement maybe this week with regards to Deli Ali's future just to try and get it done? Because you feel the goes on, it can't be great for the dressing room. Yeah, I'm not sure. I- I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I wrote, uh, I wrote from Twitter. You know, my, my Twitter handle is at Lee McQueen. So thanks everybody for for. I had over 85 uh, comments and questions or whatever about my post on Deli Ali, which is pretty mad. I just well, I'm gutted the way Delhi's no longer part of Tottenham. Whatever has happened, it's a real, real shame. And and that's the point. We we don't know what's happened. So that's why you say it gets laborious because we're just speculating because we don't really know what's happened. We've seen the documentary. We can put two and two together. Sometimes that equals four. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult to shift Delhi and not getting a replacement. He's a homegrown player. Um, and, uh, you know, in my opinion, he's, he's, he's an absolute class player as well at that. Breaking all records of all of the, you know, the Skulls, the Lampards, the Jars. We all know the story. Um, I think the Jetson one's really interesting because um, he's never missed a training session in all this time. We had reports, I can't remember who said it, it might have been John on the last pod or, or Chris Cowlin, uh, might, may have been Jamie. One, one, of the, one of the guys on the pod said it before, that he's never missed a training session. He could have sulked off Jetson, he could have done whatever, but he's never missed a training session all that time. So I, maybe it's a message. Maybe maybe with the social media posts that Delhi puts on, he puts Jetson in front of Delhi to go, oi, he don't miss a training session. He ain't moaning. He ain't whinging, even though he's going away. Do you know what I mean? Like you've just said, he's going to his, his loan's going to be terminated. Bizarre situation. We know um, uh, Jose's got form. What I would say, and, and we've talked about this before, is Ndombele. I mean, he scored an absolute world-class goal today, which in my opinion, he totally meant. He was he was just brilliant today. Absolutely brilliant. And he was in the he was he was getting less minutes than Delhi last year, right? And now look at him. Do you know what I mean? He's probably one of the first names on the team sheet. So 
I think I don't know what's going to happen there. And I, all I would say on the matter is I'm gutted. I think Delhi's brilliant and he's awesome. But, um, you know, like I call it the crazy train for a reason because Jose's not going to be around forever. So, you know, if, if we do shift Delhi, let's hope it's alone rather than, than, than anything else. But that said, if, if Delhi ain't doing it anymore, you don't want to play for the club then see you later. Like, if you don't want to play that, but he's never once come out and said that you don't want to and all that sort of stuff. And and I will point you all back to the Marine game when he fell over and then Son was cracking up at him and then Bow was giving him the imaginary yellow card. And there seemed a lot of banter going on Sorry with all the, of them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I think he's so, you know, this, these little snippets yeah. that come out, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Um, but it is a shame that he's not, it is baffling. And and I agree with Crackers and I know we'll come on to it. The, the Bow one is, is very strange for me, yeah. but you know, we've got the job done. We did indeed. It's all about getting the job done. John, let's come round to you because Aurea headed home well for Spurs before the five-minute mark. And it's funny because the Spurs fans, we always say, as Lee's always famous line, start the game fast like a train. We did start the game fast, John. We got that goal. And, you know, Spurs have now scored five goals in five minutes of Premier League matches this season, more than any other side. Were you impressed by the way, John, that we imposed ourselves early on Sheffield United with that goal from a corner, my ad? Yeah, it was a real rare goal from a corner. I don't remember... Serge Aurier ever scoring a goal like that for us, actually. He's always scores the same sort of uh, right-hand side curler into the left bottom-hand corner. So it was really nice to see a different goal and a different goal scorer, as I mentioned at the outset. You know, we really need other players chipping in. And if we can get Serge Aurier chipping in with a few each season, fantastic. Um, yeah, you know, I thought it was the right response from the Fulham game. The negativity, the players would have been frustrated as much as all of we are. Uh, and they came out and put the front foot. And if you ever want to earn free money, bet on Tottenham to score first. You know, it's insane. We constantly do this and uh, thankfully today it did lead to three points. So I was really pleased with the start today and uh, it really put us on the front foot. You know, the longer that game goes on nil-nil, Sheffield United growing confidence. We put a stop to that straight away, putting our stamp on it. We are the better team and it was vital that we got off to that good start today. One point I'd just like to add, and sorry to bring it back up on the Delhi situation. I've just been thinking it over in my mind. Now, he's on reported wages of 150000 a week. So it's an expensive deal for anyone to do. But if he's not featuring for Tottenham, they will want to move him on. Because, you know, other than Harry Kane, uh, Endon Ballet and, and Son, when he does finally sign that new deal, he'll be our top earner. So, you know, but in pre-COVID times, can I see him transferring permanently? No, I think it'd probably be a 50-50 wage split between Tottenham and whoever he moves to. Um, but the other vital point to consider there is we would be absolutely crazy to sell him now because he's at his lowest ever market value now. You know, he's not really playing. He's not for England. There was a period the night he scored those two goals against Real Madrid when his value would have been upwards of £100 million. You know, it's nowhere near that now. So our best bet would be if he's not going to feature, I'd rather he stayed, but if he's not going to feature, then loan him out, allow him to rebuild his value. And then in the summer, hopefully when COVID has moved on, and there's more money around back in football and finances are back in play, then his value is either up for a sale and we benefit from that, or he comes back to be a Tottenham player. It gives us two options. I just don't think selling him now would make any sense at all. Certainly loan him, allow him to rebuild his confidence and rebuild his value. John, you talked there about COVID moving on um, in, in the summer. Uh, that's obviously in the summer transfer window. I've heard a, cu- a few rumours about COVID moving on. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of clubs interested in COVID. Uh, I think uh, certainly uh, vaccine. Vaccine is one of them. I think that's probably... Can we accelerate look- that on by chance to January? <laughs> yeah, I think... Well, I'm not sure I'm not sure you get the... Uh, I'm not sure you get that in the January transfer window. But certainly won't. in the summer, vaccine will definitely be around. Well, I, I hope that's the priority. Gone. Let's hope that's the priority for Tottenham, <laughs> my God. Or for, or Keep for safe everyone. out there, people. Keep Tottenham safe. For the- for the pro for, for our world, Rich, come around to you just on Sergio. To be fair to him, because I thought he played, you know, quite well during the game. I think, you know, 
he was less of an impact defensively than Regulon, but did defend well when needed to. Is it a case where when we're not talking about Serge, normally that means he's had quite a good game, generally? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a- absolutely. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was every week with Serge Aurier, wasn't it? Uh, but Benny really, really pulled his socks up. Then he had a little bit of a dip, but I, I think players do. They just they come and go a, a, a little bit, but. I think that today is Serge Aurier's best role in the team. And that's having somebody behind him a little bit, giving him a license to get forward and then just having to chip in when he has to. When he's 100% defending, you you then get in the, the problems. If you're giving him a 50-50 role, he seems to thrive on that. And you should just always play a player in their favourite role, in the position, but the, the, the role within that position as such. And he's, he's great getting forward. He just, he just gives headaches to, to, like, to midfield defenders down the side. He's up and down the line, up and down the line. He gives them something to think about. And just I think just by getting forward, he stops those attacks anyway. He's almost defending by going, you know, best form of defence is, is attack. So, yeah, it was, it was a good game. For him today was yeah he, he looked he looked much better much more comfortable much happier so that's that's something that's a role that he should be playing I think that's ditto everybody today I think the balance the whole balance just looks so much better and I can understand if we set up with that ultra defensive um, against Liverpool I get I get that but. I think that was the frustration of last week of Fulham. We was almost setting up like against Fulham, like we would against the Liverpool, a Man United, a Man City. And it was like, why? Today is exactly how you should set up against a team like Fulham, like Sheffield United today, and let those players just, just play their roles. 100% agree. Well, listen, we're going to go for a very quick break. When we return, we'll be discussing King Kane, Heroic Hoybier, Ndombele's beauty, and a whole host of your listener questions. Do not go anywhere. We're back after this short break. Obsessed with true crime? So are we. CBS Reality is the television channel taking viewers to the heart of the most compelling criminal investigations. Watch every twist and turn from our award-winning true crime series and documentaries with fascinating first-hand insights from the experts who were there on the scene. So pick up the remote and tune in to CBS Reality with true crime content every night from 9. You'll find us on Freeview, Freesat, Sky or your Virgin Media Player. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the second half of the last one on Spurs. We're jumping straight in because it was a lovely finish from Harry Kane as he found the bottom corner from outside the area to put Tottenham two to the good. But a lot of that goal, I think, deserves the huge praise of Pierre-Hoybier for quickly winning the ball back, teeing up the striker. And at 2-0, Lee, I feel at the time, you know, we felt in control in the ascendancy of this one. How did you feel going two up? Yeah, it was like, again, timings of goals. I know all goals are good goals to score, as I said earlier, but timings of goals, I think, you know, 
early doors and then what one on the 38th, 39th minute, you know, just coming in before half time, it really takes a sting out of the game. Uh, it was again, the amount of times that Hoybier has done that this season, winning the ball back and getting in front of his man and just putting a ball down and passing it forward first time. So that was an assist. Other uh, uh, games gone by, it's been kind of, uh, you know, uh, the turnover the ball um, and then moving that forward. So yeah, he's been, he's an eight out of 10 every match, isn't he? Let's be honest about it. We say it every week um, and it's fantastic. And then Kane, again, come back to the whole kind of, you know, the amount of shots that we've had. When you do have a shot, look what happens. You go and score, you, you go and score a goal. And, you know, I just felt that, you know, Son tracking back uh, for, for, for that goal, putting pressure. He didn't win the ball and think, but he put pressure on the, uh, on the uh, defensive midfielder um, that, that enabled Hoiberg to win that ball and pass it forward to Kane. And when Kane gets in that position, um, he, he very rarely misses, doesn't he? I think Roy Keane, to be fair, you know, that he, he said it's like a tapping when he gets in that position. It, it actually is you expecting the net to bulge, and and he delivered, and he and he always does. And you know, I, I think that's where it's a bit frustrating where some of our players in the team need to have a little go. They need to have a shot. They need to drop a shoulder and like bang, get a bit of half a yard and smash one. Um, I, I'm just actually surprised on Kane. He didn't. He didn't score more than uh, than one today. Because I know we'll come onto it, but in the second half, he absolutely should have made that four-one. Um, and I, I actually thought he was going to do it. But you know, the, the goal itself was was again fa- fantastic. And uh, we need to do more of that. That that's that's what I want to see the team doing more of. If we can get three or four shots per game on target, extra than what we're currently doing, we're um we're, we're going to win a lot of football matches. We are indeed. Just on K now in the Premier League, eighteen games. 12 goals, 11 assists, also an assist for Sonny, which puts his now total at 18 games, 12 goals, six assists. I mean, you know, you've got to say, without Kane and Son in this team, I think many will be asking questions. Of course, Ndombele's goal today, that just tells you still players that we've got with the ability to find the net, like him. We're going to come on to very soon what a goal that was. But just on Kane's overall game, Rich, to come round to you, you know, played a song through early on, but it was not to be for another goal-scoring combination at that point. But he made no mistake himself before finishing during the break. As Lee made the point, you know, second half, fired a couple of great opportunities over the bar, including a late effort. Was Kane at his very maximum for you today, Rich, would you say? Uh, well, the, the goal itself was was Jimmy Greaves-esque. Mm, and I think, finish. you know, when you, when you start comparing somebody to Jimmy Greaves, then you know you've got a striker on your hand. He just passed the ball in, and that's exactly what Jimmy used to do. It was a shot, but he just makes it look like a, a passing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Kane looked more at it again today. Uh, he, he was there or thereabouts, got some shots off. He's not getting as many... Uh, as as he as he did do with those shots, he's 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 missing a lot of those that he used used to bag. But like like Serge Aurier, you go in fits and starts. You know he, he's 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 getting getting the chances. He's just not he's not banging those in that he used to. If you get what I mean, some some of those absolute sitters. But a little dip, he'll come he'll come back again. He's 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 classy. He's just classy. It, it will it will come again. For him, um, the the point of us not scoring all of our opportunities that, that we're making is similar to these. The, what I was talking about earlier in the show with the carbon copies of goals we're conceding. So it's it's the two parts of the team at the moment that we need to look at. But it is the only two parts. It seems it's those carbon copy goals that we're conceding, and we need to bury those chances 
especially against bigger teams that might actually go and get a couple of goals. Crackers, do you were... think? Do you think that's? Do you think that's? To, uh, you, you mentioned earlier about small adjustments. Do you think that's kind of a couple of minor adjustments there? Do you think that's a confidence? Do you think that's like we're in two minds? Is it because we've been drilled so much about defensive? duties that that we're a bit you know worried because I thought today there were some options that 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 we wanted to just almost pass the ball in the back of the net we wanted to take more mm. passes than we needed to you know you know it's, uh, look I've never been a striker and I never will be and people that know me listen to this pod they're laughing right now but but I've always been told or you know I always thought I would, if I was to coach or whatever to take it early you know so the goalkeeper can't get set do you, do you get what I mean crackers do you think it's a, just a minor adjustment is it a confidence thing like why do you think that we're missing just that something it might just be the ethos around the team at the moment where we've seen Kane and Son almost carrying out defensive duties this season whereas under Pochettino we wasn't could see that Pochettino would tell Kane well we, uh, that's what we've got defenders for you concentrate on banging in goals and I think uh, it looks like Mourinho almost says to him you need to do that, but do a little bit of this as well. So I think he's playing a little bit with an eye behind him instead of completely forward. This was always the, the big row that Birkinshaw and Stevie Archibald had, because I think Birkinshaw used to say to Stevie Archibald, Stevie, you need to keep a little bit of an eye and get back sometimes if we're under pressure. Stevie Archibald used to say to him, well, why you got defenders? I'm a striker. Don't yeah. talk to me about like defending. I'm a striker. I'm like eyes on the goal, eyes on the prize the whole time. That's my job. Go and speak to the defenders. But I think almost Mourinho's got Kane and Son doing two roles. So he's taken their eye off of just being completely selfish trying to go with a bit of defensive work. Which makes it, sorry, Rick, just quickly, which makes it even more remarkable, them stats that Ricky just read out about Son and Kane. Because, mm. you know, it, you know he's got more assists than he's ever had in his career. And he's now, you know, joint top goal scorer, or one behind who's got as many goals as Son has. I think Salah might be on 13, so and Kane's on 12 in the Premier League, which mm. is which is crazy. And and, and at Kieran Pedley uh, um, tw- tweeted in today, and, it, and he talks about Bobby Smith's record. I don't know if you've got this stat there, there Rick. Um, but uh, Bobby Smith, club, of, uh, club appearances, 317, Kane 314. Total goals for Bobby, 208. Total goals for T- Kane, 207. So he's only one behind the yeah. great Bobby Smith. It's, it's incredible, it's this guy. It is. I mean, John, can I ask you just on Kane? We've got a question here. Um, this is from Clark Boy Wonder, who says, Today, Kane dropped back rather than being the solo striker. The same as when we were arguably in form earlier this season. I've always disliked him up top alone, just waiting to be fed the ball. When he drops back, it's so good. Why not keep it this way? The team played well and we won. Do you agree, John, that Kane, in terms of the Tottenham team, it suits better when he does drop that little bit deeper? Uh, I think it totally depends on the opposition, if I'm being honest with you. Against certain top-class opposition, you do need Kane directly up front. Imagine if he's up against the Virgil van Dijk. We can't let those sort of quality centre-halves dictate the game from the back. So you need the presence and strength of Kane, which he's got in abundance, to really put pressure on those centre-halves and not give them time to dictate the game. Whereas against lesser opposition, like Sheffield United, who have John Egan at the back and um, whoever else they've got, they don't have that same ability to dictate a game from that position. So well, that, that's why today, for example, Kane can drop deeper and occupy two roles. And actually, other than Kevin De Bruyne, Kane is the best passer in the Premier League uh, in terms of picking out balls and, and vision. Um, so, yeah, it totally depends on the opposition for me. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting point nonetheless. 
John, sticking with you, Hoybier, the real key behind that goal for Spurs, won the ball back and fed it into Kane for that second goal. He played well and he also managed to escape that dreaded fifth booking that would have ruled him out of the Liverpool game. How relieved are you, John, to know that Hoybier is available for that game? Yeah, massive. I mean, Hoybier is a key component for us. I mean, after Kane and Sonny, he's the player you're looking for to be starting each and every week. You know, he's, he's always outstanding. He never lets us down. He never has a bad game. Um, and yeah, he's just a vital clog in our, in our system and how we play. So it would have been a huge blow for him to miss out against Liverpool. So I'm obviously delighted that hasn't occurred. And I also, from previous memory, I'm not sure if it's the same this year with the league starting a little later, but I understood that as soon as you get to the 1st of February, the five yellow cards ban is extended up to 10 before you get a missing fixture. So hopefully that's the same this year. And hopefully we won't be missing Hoybier for, for a game. Uh, because he is obviously a vital member of our team. And I thought he was brilliant again today. His pressing that led to the opportunity for Kane's second goal. We've seen that on a few occasions this season now. And uh, it's become a, a really important tool for us, actually. Um, his sort of uh, constant aggression and pressure on, on opponents. So, yeah, delighted with him and have been all season. And he's certainly been our signing of the summer. He has indeed. Just a quick word from you guys and Hoybier, Lee and Rich, because um, we've got a lot to talk about here. Let's bring it around to you, Lee, because, you know, it's funny with Hoybier. He's just so unassuming that, you know, you could give him the man of the match every game if, if we wanted to, because he does have that effect on the team. But again today, you know, breaks up play so well, like John says, leads that press that, for me, kind of motivates the other players to go with him. He's got to be, Lee, hasn't he? One of the signs of the summer, especially for Tottenham, I'd say, for the Premier League as well. Oh, oh, without a doubt. I mean, I think some of the Sky commentators today said Bruno Fernandes is a signing of, uh, you know, from last season, like, because he was a January transfer window. But for, for the summer, 100% for me, it's Poiper all day long. Uh, he's been eight out of 10. Absolutely fantastic for us. The thing is, Rick, you know, you're the transfer man. Jamie's a transfer man. You know how it works, right? But but it's about buying players, not for, because Twitter want players bought. It's about buying players that we need. And we absolutely needed Pierre-Emile Hoiber. hundred, that's exactly the player that we needed. Exactly the player. 24 at the time, 25 years old, got some experience, won some stuff with Bayern, was brilliant at Southampton, got Premier League experience, fitted straight in, utter warrior, bleeds every week. Didn't see any blood on him actually this week. <laughs> so I don't know why he ain't bleeding this week, but no, it bleeds for you. He's fantastic. Eight out of 10 every week, without a doubt. And the, the thing I loved about him this week is he summed up how we were all feeling after the Fulham result. Like he actually said it and he was steaming, wasn't he? Absolutely steaming after that match, knowing that we'd, we'd missed an opportunity. And he, and he said it. And, and, and I love that about him. I think he's Jose's man on the pitch. He's almost yeah. like a Jose on the pitch. You get yeah, what I, I mean, Rick? I agree. Yeah, I think his intelligence that he shows, especially the way he talks, Rich, you know, this is a guy that I think he'll go on to be a future coach, future manager, because his knowledge of the game, the way he was so brave after that Fulham game and said, look, you know, it's no good sitting back, defending on your box for 90 minutes. You just can't do that. So, I think it was good to see that he was honest, brave enough to come to the cameras and say that. And I, my only worry, again, is that if Hoybier gets injured, like we've always said, who is there to replace him? Because, you know, we are still conceding quite a number of goals. And I bring it to the point that, you know, Sheffield United, they get that goal back. McGoldrick gets in between Dyer and Davis to head home. And I thought you make this stat, Rich. 75% of David McGoldrick's goals for Sheffield United in the Premier League have come against clubs that are currently even managed previously by Jose Mourinho or managed now by Jose Mourinho. What do you make of that? Yeah, <laughs> he's like Jose's bet noir, isn't he? He just, yeah, he, he, he always seems to get get goals. And he gets goals like that as well. He's, you know, it's almost like 
they they've forgotten their homework on him and uh, and just and just let slip and it must be uh, the, the way we conceded that goal they other teams must see that as our Achilles heel uh, to drop in, so it might be that we we have to dip into the market somewhere and bring in another centre back to uh, of a bigger stature to be able to to cope with that and and deal and deal with that, or or at least just work twenty four seven on the training ground on defending that, getting that right. You yeah. know, it's uh, it's, it's mad though, we, isn't it, Rich? The amount of goals like you just say there, we can see from set pieces, we're beaten airily. You know, you do wonder, I'm sure Jose's not stupid, no matter what club he's gone to, one of the first things that he's always done is he's always managed to sort out the defence. He's always managed to eradicate the previous mistakes. Why at Tottenham has he found it so hard to try and get us to defend from set pieces to not be beaten airily? Does he just not have the players to do it? Oh, I mean, plus that he's got Ledley on his coaching staff as well, who's Even just more such a, yeah, exactly a, a natural born defender and and brilliant at it. So maybe it's just a personnel issue that's struggling to deal with that type of of cross set piece into into the box. But I, I don't know. Perhaps it's just something that they're going to have to continue to work on and get the current players doing it, or get uh, get new players in that can do it so but on the point of uh, Hoybier, um you know you're saying him getting injured and being a miss you you're forgetting Rick he actually has to get injured first because I mean this is Tottenham, he's Rich. a man <laughs> this is Tottenham. Uh, well listen I, I know it's Tottenham but this is Hoybier, and uh, on, honestly until the little red light goes out in his eye like the Terminator he's not done he's just not done i don't think he knows injured it, yeah. i just don't think i don't think there's actually a scandinavian word for it he just he's he's an absolute viking of a man you know he's uh, only like like lee said he is the signing of the premier league undoubtedly i know players don't set the the the, the money that they go for and change hands for but for the money we paid for him just incredible, and you can imagine off the pitch coming in against uh, in the dressing room against Fulham last week. He must have been tearing locker doors off. Steaming, like, mate. Steaming. You know, he must have been like one of those WWE interviews, you know. You know when they're like smashing each other over the head with chairs and screaming and shouting. You know, <laughs> it's just like so. He must be a great influence yeah. around the dressing room and yeah, training agreed. ground as well, you know, and. The, the kids coming through, honestly, they must be like, go and watch Hoiberg, go yeah. and listen to Hoiberg, go and do what Hoiberg does Agreed. because his yeah. attitude matches how he plays. He's an absolute warrior. Spot on. Now, just in terms of that goal Spurs conceded, as much as Richard's wanted to try and talk us away from it, I don't blame you. I don't really want to talk about this goal Spurs conceded. But Lee, you know, we saw Ben Davis lose his man in terms of McGoldrick for that goal. Otherwise, didn't have much to do in that second half. It was a good display from overall. Eric Dyer, and I saw Dyer getting absolute pelters on social media again for the way Spurs conceded in the air, airily. But he could only watch McGoldrick head home as he got in between him and Davis for the goal. Are you concerned, Lee, that I say at the moment, defensively wise, do we still look just not good enough to cope generally? Now, a lot of people talk about Spurs still being involved in yeah. the title race. I've got to be honest and say at the moment, the way defensively we're looking, um, we'll come on to Roden shortly, but we still look, for me, just uneasy on the eye at the moment. Okay, I mean, uneasy on the eye is one thing, and I, and I understand that. Um, I mean, you bring up the title, you know, you bring up the defence. We've got the second best defence in the Premier League. 
I mean, you can't you can't argue with that. We've got the second best defense. Yeah. Manchester United letting twenty four goals. Leicester City twenty one goals. Liverpool twenty one goals. Everton twenty one goals. Chelsea twenty one goals. Southampton twenty one goals. Tottenham Hotspur seventeen. Are they all individual errors only? Are they all set pieces like we're being beaten in the? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I'm just saying, like from a from a top point. Manchester City thirteen goals they'd let in, right? Um, uh, so yeah, thirteen goals. So, but the aerial side of things, I think you're right. I think there's a point here, and 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 I agree with Crackers and 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 what you were saying before. Why are we not being able to defend this? You know, what's really worrying is 12 of them goals that we've conceded. We've conceded 17 of them. 12 of them have come from set pieces. That is absolutely ridiculous. Penalties, two own goals, and the rest were crosses from either corners or free kicks. And although it was in free play today, and I've had a couple of questions on this as well, it it is exactly the same. You know, as Crackers said earlier, a carbon copy of the Palace goal carbon copy of Newcastle coming, carbon copy of Everton free kick. You know, it wasn't a free kick, it was a free play, but it was the same area coming in, deep bang. It was a lovely cross, don't get me wrong, fantastic cross. Same as Fulham, fantastic cross. But they're in the same areas. Why are we not being able to defend them? I personally think that is a training ground issue and they should be practising. Oh, that's ridiculous. Like, who am I to tell them this? Flip that on its head, though. If you've got 12 goals out of 17 coming from one error, is that not also a bit of a blessing that we're not having to try and correct six or seven or eight different types of goals? There's just one thing that we need to get right. It's like you said earlier. Yeah. Bang. Happy days. And, and that's why, that's what you said earlier, small adjustments, isn't it, Crackers? You said yeah. them words earlier on the pod. Just adjust also, that, get that right, all of a sudden we're not conceding. Maybe we also need to look on this point of these carbon copy goals of stopping that ball in the first place. So, I mean, don't don't fail in that area. Just keep stand a man up. But then maybe just try and stop that cross coming in. And then there is nothing to defend. So it's like a double-edged sword. We need to get better at defending if it does come, but stop it in the first place. I agree. Yeah, and if you if you look if you look at who was stopping that ball or who was the closest man to stopping that ball from coming in the third place, it was Stephen Bergman. Because uh, um, Aurea had been dragged right right the way across. It wasn't the right side of the centre-back. It wasn't Rodin that's gone over and been dragged across. It was Aurea that had been dragged across down towards the corner flag. And when the ball came backwards for, I can't remember who what the fella's name was across the ball. Sorry, listeners. But when when he got the ball, there was no one close enough to him. He had, he had, the free, he had a free swing it on his left peg, didn't he? Happy days, free swinger. Um, and it was a fantastic ball in, and then and then you've got the the heading of the ball. So I think you're right, Crackers. Stop it at source, and it that you you it doesn't matter what your centre backs are doing. Uh, and I think after the West Ham game, we started doing that quite well. You know, I I was thinking, you know, we we had four or five clean sheets on the trot or whatever it might be, but then the football suffered. So it's kind of like I'd rather concede one goal and go and score three every week. So then we know that we're on the front foot and blah blah blah. But look, football don't work like that, does it? What do you think about the constant changing of the centre-halves? Over the last few weeks, we've seen Rodin, we've seen Alderweireld, we've seen Sanchez, uh, we've seen Tanganga in the cup. So there's constant changes yeah. to the back four. Great show. Can we, can we build anything mm. when we're constantly changing the team? I think that's also, at the moment, down to his lack of trust in two centre-backs that he's got. And again, I think that again highlights why Spurs, maybe we are looking at another centre-back. It's again, I do agree that you know if you're going to continuously chop and change a team, 
it's going to be very, very difficult, you know, to go and get results long-term. We are so pushed for time. I just want to bring it on to Ndombele because it's only fair that I say he does get a good segment, Ndombele, for what was a quite remarkable goal, John. We'll stick with you because it was just incredible, wasn't it? You know, the timing of it was so brilliant for Tottenham in terms of, you know, knocking the stuffing out of Sheffield United. He absolutely meant it and it was beautiful, John, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an absolutely outstanding goal and he's one of the few players in the Premier League that could pull that off, you know. It was his goal. Uh, he meant it without any doubt at all. You only have to watch him a couple of times to know he's got that skill set in him and that confidence, actually, to go and deliver a, a goal like that. And it was such a vital goal for us. And it's already his third goal of the season. And he's also scoring big, important goals. You know, he scored up at Wolves. He scored at Old Trafford. These are important goals. You know, if you're getting midfielders chipping in, but also in tight away games against uh, decent opposition like United and Wolves were, and, and also Sheffield United today, then, it, you know, that's a real asset to the team. So I was, I was really pleased for him. And I was also even more delighted, actually. The goal was fantastic, but the fact that he did 90 minutes again, you know, this is becoming a regular theme now of him contributing to the team for the duration of the game. And we're really seeing the Tongi and Dumbele that we saw at Lyon now uh, for Tottenham Hotspur. So that's really great and, and promising moving forward. And he seems to have now got a, a decent relationship with Jose and many of the players in the squad. I know Kane, after the game, went out of his way to say how pleased he was for, for Tangi. And... Um, yeah, you know, so just it's always on an upward curve with Tangy at the moment. So I'm absolutely delighted and hopefully we can see more of the same. And uh, that goal will certainly be one we'll see on match of the day for uh, goal of the month. It will be. Peter underscore Dubai Spurs says, Tungy running down the channel in 90th minutes. Are we now beyond the narrative? You can only do 60 minutes. We're hoping that's the case, Peter. Lee, to come round to you, just to break down this goal, because it was such an impressive goal. I mean, you think about it, he's facing away from goal. He's marked tightly by two defenders and somehow he's lobbed it in the corner of the goal, furthest away from him with the outside of his right foot. I mean, can you in any way just, you know, just talk us through the ability to do that and then to pull it off uh, as well? It, it, it was outstanding. The whole move was outstanding. It reminded me of uh, when we smashed West Brom a, a White Hart Lane, um, when we uh, when Delhi lifted that little uh, f- um, lob and Kane took the goal. You know, the interplay between Delhi and Kane, we were waxing lyrical about that loads before, and the interplay between the two guys today, for, for Tungai to then go and do that, it was such a hard skill because the ball was coming over, over his shoulder, um, so he couldn't see the ball. He kind of had a look at maybe a peripheral, peripheral uh, vision, easy for me to say. And then it, and then it calmed down, and as you said, it was like, it was a flick lob with the outside of his right boot. I mean, it's, He's audacious, absolutely audacious, but absolutely brilliant. Um, World-class touch, world-class move, and and it absolutely put the game to bed. And I think that what's interesting now about uh, Ndombele is that, you know, he scored against Wolves, uh, he scored again today, um, he scored, you have to help me out here, lads, my my Blue Book's uh, thing, but I know he scored scored against, of course, of course. He he scored scored the vital goal against uh, Shikenji as well, which we really needed. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Good old Shikenji, you can always forget them. (laughs) Exactly, you could. So, you know, he scored three Premier League goals, cut more goals as well. He's been an integral part of that. And I'll tell you what it is with with Tungan Dembele for me, is sometimes, I don't know if you guys uh, on the pod think this, and listeners as well, but really interested to know, but sometimes when you watch him, he's already ahead of what he's going to do. And, and it's really interesting 100%, 100%. because some of the players that he's playing with 
they don't know what he's going to do. He's done it a few times, and you <laughs> so see true. like a through ball. Yeah. I mentioned this a couple of pods ago, and I made crackers crack up. See what I did there, crackers. Love when it. I said about the old uh, FIFA tri- triangle button, he puts a perfect through ball yeah. for it. But sometimes he, he, he presses triangle, he br- brilliant through ball, but the other people, the other players don't read it. No. Yeah, and then they think, oh, you know, and the, and the chance has gone. And you yeah. just think, my word, I'll tell you what, if that clicks when they when they can click, again, you talk about uh, the the defensive partnership. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big cricket fan as well. And cricket's all about building partnerships and being partner, in, having a partnership in cricket. And I think it's the same in football. If you can get a partnership going with Tungandam Bele, you know, is he linked, can he get linked up into a play? Because he was playing deeper today. Like you said, with three at the back, he was playing a little bit deeper, more, more so alongside Hoiberg rather than kind of further up the pitch. I thought it was majestic. I have to say, for, for for him scoring that goal for me today, he, he was he was my man of the match personally because I thought he ticked that game over. I, I thought some of the skill that you saw that he had, and then to finish it off with that goal, I, I thought he was outstanding. Rich, coming around to you, you know, Ulan Dombele. We saw after the game, Mourinho say he has to give special credit to the player. It's the player's desire to earn and win a place in the team. Mister Levy's input is some, but it's small. It's on the player when referencing the case that you know Levy did have as we saw from the Amazon documentary, you know, conversations within the summer, trying to persuade him, look, the second season, come again, give it your all, see what happens. And I think, again, it's in that moment, he said that the same for me, my door is always open, but the player has to walk through it. It's not for me to go to them and bring them through. Again, for me, it was like a slight little dig at Delhi. You know, I do feel there was a little bit of, you know, you can't help but think that, you know, it's with Mourinho, there's always a hidden message behind what he says. And, you know, with Ndombele, whatever he's done there, Rich, he's definitely got him on side, hasn't he? And he's playing for him and going through brick walls for him. It's just remarkable to see such a transition of a guy in the space of what, you know, six to seven months. He's a, yeah, he's a real renaissance man. And Jose's spot on because a manager should have a door. There should be a door between manager and players, maybe that door wasn't so much there with our previous manager. And we've seen and the door. Have... We saw the door. Yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> saw the door? Exactly. It was shown the door. Well, glad you're back, Rick. You, only you can throw in them great one-liners like that. But yeah, he's got a door, but it's open, and that is exactly what you want from a manager. Not too chummy, but there if if you need him and. Yeah, and 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 Tangai has, has gone through it. He's gone through it, taken that chance and absolutely thrived. And I know you're a bit pushed for time, so I'm going to give you two words on that goal only, and that is Dimitar Undembele or <laughs> Tangai Berbatov. Because it was, it was just, yeah, it, was just it, was, it was incredible. It was just phenomenal. Just an Undembele, what we also see in John, I know you brought it up, we're going to mention this very quickly, is that He's playing in a deeper role, you know, and I think, you know, it is very similar to the role that he did play at Lyon, where he was playing some of his best football. And we saw him, you know, get after the game saying, look, you know, when I hear players not want to play well because of the way the team plays, he starts swearing. That comes from a player's entourage. Whatever's happened, John, you know, he definitely knows his best route now in the team. He's found his best position and we're seeing the best of him, aren't we, at the moment? Yeah, you know, that's what you'd hope to see. You know, he is also on uh, big money, he's on the same money as Harry Kane. He was a huge signing, our record ever signing at the time. So but he's delivering the performances now that we wanted to see last season, but he's had that year to acclimatise in English football and he's now delivering on a regular basis for us. And these 90-minute performances are to be expected now moving forward. I hope we see more of the same and I hope he becomes, like we mentioned earlier with Hoybier, a similar name on the team sheet every week. I want to see an 8 out of 10 from Tongi and Dombele every week now as well. 
And that straight away, you've got four names, Kane, Son, Ndombele, Hoybier, that you guarantee are in your strongest 11 each week. Because when we've got that strongest 11 and the players know they're playing each week and it builds up a confidence and it will allow Ndombele to have those link-ups that Lee's mentioning with Kane and Son. The more he plays with them, the more 90 minutes he does, the more link-ups we'll have in that team and that will be beneficial for everybody. So I'm delighted with how it's going with Tungy at the moment. Yeah, and that goal actually meant Sheffield United conceded three goals at home for the first time, or just I say, sorry, the, the third time since being promoted to the Premier League. So again, it does show, despite how horrendous they've been this season, Sheffield United, they've been a difficult team to score a lot of goals against at Bramall Lane. Now, Lee, we saw Lucas Moore replace Stephen Bergvine. The Dutchman, once again, I thought, proved that Spurs look better with him in the side than out of it. And I know Bergvine's come under a lot of criticism, you know, previously and I think the last couple of weeks have shown it to be that you know he is an important member of this squad a question here from P Grolish who says is Stephen Bergwine becoming our unsung Tellison we seem to win whenever he's in the starting lineup well I think that's testament as well to uh well we didn't win against Liverpool to be fair but um I I think that's testament to his hard work and and again that's one of probably one of the reasons why Jose loves him so much he works very very hard uh, I already highlighted the fact that he he could have been the one in the in the right back spot essentially to uh, to close down for for the cross. So it showed that he was coming back and tracking back, and he does that very well. I think that's probably one of the other reasons why Gareth Bale isn't getting as much game time at, at the moment. One due to fitness, and probably he's only 72 percent on his kind of um, you know in the red or in the green or however they uh, measure it with his from his last injury. And two that when Bergie's in the team, he runs. It, it, I mean, you talk about running through walls. He, he does that. I mean, absolutely works his backside off, and he was unlucky as well. He had a, he got hauled down, didn't he? Um, you know, for who was he? And I thought, here we go, we're going to do a Manchester United. You know, John, one of your favourite goals that he scored against United. And I thought he's going, he's going to go and do it again here, and then he got hauled down. So. He's, he is a good player. There's no doubt about it. He's young. You know, we just talk about Tunga and Dembele and that it's taking them a year to adjust. I mean, this guy come on a scene, signed on his debut, bang, scored against City. Um, you know, then he scored against United. He scored some vital goals. He works very hard for the team. Um, I like him. I really like uh, Steven Bergwijn. I think he's uh, I think he's going to be a very, very good player for us. Um, Lucas coming on, he just ran around a bit. Yeah, he fluffed his lines with an early t- with an early touch. We did come on. Again, it's difficult, isn't it? Seven minutes. I think Lucas will probably feel at the moment this season for the game time he's had, is it difficult to get a rhythm like that? I think at the moment, you know, his position in the squad justifies why he's not had the minutes. You know, Bergwijn, to be fair to him, you know, is his shot that early on led to the corner for Aurea to head home? Many a times, as you said, Lee, he made the countless runs to give us that opportunity, to give us those options. And that's why I think Bruno does like him. He's got a discipline about him. He trusts him. He grabbed the assist uh, for Ndombele's goal, worked so hard again. Um, to be fair, Sergio Regulon in this game, you know, was given a lot more license to get up the pitch. One of the things that, you know, there was a lot of criticism that Regulon wasn't given that opportunity to kind of bomb forward in previous weeks. But to be fair to Regulon, did work very hard, did get forward, defended well on the front foot for the majority of it. But one of the players that we do want to mention before we discuss Wickham is Joe Roden, who was only making his second Premier League start. He made a couple of very early crunching tackles, did well, I think, you know, with Eric Dyer to try and, you know, get some kind of understanding in there. Promising performance, did very little wrong. Uh, how did you feel, Rich, coming around to you, Roden did as a whole? Yeah, excellent, excellent. A a maturity beyond his years. And I think this is the beginning of um, Jose dipping his toes into becoming his first choice uh, central 
defender. I think, you know, Toby's now of an age. And I think this is why Toby may be left out of games like today, probably saving him for the Liverpool game because of his experience and still ability. But this is the type of game where you start putting Joe Road on in and giving him his taste of what's to come and what's going to be expected of him. And every time he's been given that taste, he, he has he has not really put a foot wrong, to be honest. And it's a very, very difficult position as a player uh, in that central defence to go in and get it right all the time. Because invariably, when you make mistakes, they lead to, they lead to goals conceded. Um, uh, but so far, so, so good. He's it's a massive step up. He's young. It's a massive step up from from the Championship into the Premier League. It's a huge step. A bit like Bergwijn coming from Holland into the Premier League. I don't think maybe people don't quite realise sometimes just how huge a step that is. The Premier League is so fast, so furious, so difficult. And you've got these young kids. And I think this is why he dips them in or maybe they take a little time to get used to it. But today, brilliant. And it's another taster for him. Uh, eventually, I think he'll gain Jose's trust if he carries on on this trajectory and will become our first choice centre-back. Just a question then, Rich. This is from Justin Coda. Let's do some quick fire ones. And um, this, he says here, if we are not going to make any further signings, should Joe Roden be a starter going forward? Or does it depend on the opposition for you, Rich? Yeah, very much so. Very much, yeah, on the opposition. I think you, as I said, you put Toby in for some of the games like Liverpool. His experience in those sort of games is invaluable. And then you give Toby his rest in games like today where you may be not facing such tricky, clever, wily forwards. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mix and match. I know that we said it's difficult you should really have a settled back four. But at some stage, you do have to change when a player gets too old or injured or moves on. So, yeah, I, I think it's a nice blend at the moment of dipping him in. And eventually, as I said, we, we're gonna, we will see him full time. He will be the first choice, no doubt. Interesting. Now, just to finish up before we look ahead to Wickham, um, I think it's fair to say towards the end of that game, we were all waiting in anticipation for some substitutions. You know, waiting for Bow to come on. It never quite happened. Vinny got a couple of minutes. I mean, Lee, we've got a question in here from Eddie Gomez, a regular listener. Eddie, we hope you're well. He said, what's the point of a backup striker and Bow being here if three minutes for Vinny is always going to get? Bow is not even in the game and pretty much, you know, it was one. Why didn't he get his opportunity? Um, he says it's poor man management from Jose Mourinho. What do you make of that? Could he have handled um, the game better from a substitution perspective? Uh, well, firstly, Vinny is not a backup striker, um, so uh, you know it's just it's your it's your striker that you've got on the bench, not not a backup. Um, and uh, and I think no, I don't think it's bad management at all, man management. I think Joe say whatever we think of him is boring football, whatever apart the bus stuff. I think as a man manager, he's probably one of the best. I think that, you know, to get people running through walls for you is, um, you know, that that is no mean feat. And I think he does it with every single club he's been to. Um, so I think he's an excellent man manager on, on, from that perspective. Um, I think it is strange, though, to, to come back to his point that uh, Vinny didn't get more time or, uh, you know, Bow didn't get on the pitch at all. Um, look, I think that sometimes it's about winning the football match. And I know we don't want to hear it. We want to see Bale. We want to see Vinny. Uh, if you're asking me, Lee McQueen, personally, I'd have put Vinny on 15 minutes earlier and I'd have definitely played Bale. 
but 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 Jose just looks at his getting three points done and dusted, move on, move on. That's just probably why he's won all the trophies. So I do think it's a strange one. As Crackers talk, talked about earlier with, with Gareth Bale, I can only think that he's got some sort of niggling injury. I don't think he's 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 unhappy. I don't think he's worried about not not getting on per se. I think that you know uh, you know Marine showed that when he was on the bench and doing the whole yellow card thing. There's lots of you know camaraderie going on there. I think we've got a good group. Um, I just think that maybe he's, he's, he's if he throws him in on a game that you don't need him and he gets injured for another four or five weeks, where does that leave him? Are you with me? So maybe it's that sort of scenario. I think with Vinny, I'm disappointed not to see more time with him because he scored that trick against Marine. You can only do that with the opposition that's in front of you, which he did. He got no hardly any minutes against Fulham and he's got no minutes again to, to, today. But again, maybe it's a mentality thing of saying, well, you know, the game's won, so we didn't really need you. John, I want to come and ask you a similar question because Dan Timbrell says substitutions, timing seems so strange. Son was absolutely shattered again, or despite we have to say on Son, did get an assist for Spurs, obviously with Oria heading home, yet still plays 85 plus minutes when Bale we have on the bench. I mean, it's been a week, John, leading up to this game where Bale again has been in the headlines with Mourinho saying that, look, you know, we're not going to be discussing Bale's long-term future at Tottenham. I mean, it's very early days. All we keep seeing is Spanish media coming out saying that, you know, for Bale, um, they're concerned that from a Real Madrid perspective, he's not getting games. He's not really wanted there. I mean, what do you see happening, John, to Gareth Bale? Will we have the second half to the season that, as Spurs fans, we all pray and hope he will have? Yeah, I think it's really hard to tell at the moment. I listened to your podcast you did with uh, Alistair Gold, and he was certainly willing to give uh, Gareth more time. He said that the messages from the club is that he's really enjoying it there. His training sessions are going well. And the young players are impressed with what they're seeing from him. So hopefully it's just a matter of time and he can get over these niggling injuries he keeps having. And we can see the Gareth Bale we all know and love. Uh, but at the moment, we're certainly not seeing that. And he doesn't seem trusted by Jose. And we've all just talked to me, you, Lee and Rich, about how impressive he's been with Stephen Bergwijn and how much better the team looked with him in it. Well, Bale's not going to get in then, is he? Because Stephen Bergwijn will be in the team because Bale is not better than Kane or Son at the moment. That's just a fact. So his position is the position that Stephen Bergwijn's playing in. And we're just saying that the team plays better with him in it. So the chances for Bale becoming more and more limited, especially as we've you know, moved out of the Europa League group stage now, the Europa League is going to become serious and the better teams will play harder competitions. So we're playing with our strongest eleven. And I think they're always going to have to make do with the likes of the Wickham game coming up and maybe one of the two legs against Wolfsburger because he's not getting in ahead of Bergwijn at the moment either. Rich, just want to finish up with you before we look ahead to Wickham. This is from Jack underscore Burford underscore who says, can we still be considered title contenders or serious contenders for the title? And if so, what do we need to do in the days remaining left of the January window to improve this squad? Yes, we are title contenders. We absolutely are title contenders. Why not? Why not? We've discussed this and discussed it with Lee. If you don't believe, you ain't going to do it. It's as simple as that. So you have to believe. We're, we're, we're in now. We are, we are well in the hunt. Nobody's pulling up trees. Nobody is, like Lee said earlier, goals conceded. Good good defensive record. All right, we've dropped some silly points, but we've still got a second half of a season to go, which kind of ties into the previous bow point. Loads and loads and loads of games. We'll get injuries. We've got loads of games coming up if we go all the way in cups as well. So there's plenty of time for these fringe players 
or squad players, really. They're not backups. They're squad players, as Lee rightly says, to get games. And we're in now or thereabouts. With a couple of tweaks, we, we cut out a lot of these goals and we go on to win games. We can absolutely still win it. No, no problem at all. I've got no doubts whatsoever. Lee, same question to Mate. you. Do you think the squad needs improving if we're to generally have a chance of a title here? I think there's always improvements needed. I think, you know, a couple of seasons ago that proved it when we didn't do any business in the transfer window and it's, we started to regress. Um, I, I think crackers is it nail on the head, though. And, I, and I've got some outrageous stats. This is blow your mind, blue book stuff. And it's perfect opportunity to talk about it because you talk about can we still win the title and the listeners are still talking about it. You know, look, as we stand at the moment, we've, uh, we've played 18 games um, and we're currently uh, sitting well, because of Man City are winning whatever, kind of sitting fifth in the Premier League. And it doesn't seem like, you know, it don't seem great fifth in the Premier League. But I'm going to I'm gonna make a comparison, which Jose, if he was on this uh, on this pod, he would say this is unfair. This is unfair because I'm picking the best season that Tottenham have ever had in the Premier League, in, in, in the history of the Premier League, which is the 2016-2017 season. Are you with me, lads? Listeners, you still with me? Okay. So, in the 2016-17 season, at the same stage in the season, so both of us have played 18 games. Tottenham, 16-17, played 18 games. We'd won 10, we'd drawn 6, we'd lost 2, okay? Tottenham, 2021 season, played 18, won 9, drawn 6, lost 3. Okay, what's my point? We've got 36 points in the 2016-17 season under Poch. We're currently on 33. So we're three points behind. So that record season, when we've got 86 points in the league, right, just before the halfway point, we are now three points behind where, where we currently are. Yes, we lost one more game as well. Okay, what's the significance of that? In the Poch season, we scored 33 goals at that same point. How many goals have scored so far this season? 33. I mean, you couldn't make it up. I mean, it's, it's like literally the same. Right, they, uh, we conceded 13 goals. superstition. <laughs> I know. We conceded 13 goals in the, um, in the pot season and, and in the season so far, 17 goals. We've lost against Liverpool away and Chelsea away in the 16-17 season. And the games we've lost so far this season is Liverpool away, Everton at home and Leicester at home. So a couple of disappointments. Now, this is a bit I really want to concentrate on because after the Fulham game, I, most, most of all as well, everyone else, livid about that draw against Fulham. The football's rubbish. We're playing boring stuff. It's absolute crap. We're a joke. We should be smashing teams like this. So we've drawn against Wolves, Palace, Chelsea, Fulham, West Ham and Newcastle are the six draws we've had this season. Are you with me so far, people? Because I'll tell you what, this is analysis to the max. When you look at 16-17 season, we drew against a shitty Everton side, Liverpool at home, West Brom, right? Oh, yeah, we West Brom, we drew. Um, Bournemouth, we drew. Arsenal and Leicester City. That's who we drew against. So when everybody has got this mind, you know, this fog of, of, of actually we were so much better back then, we scored 86 points. We run Chelsea um, close. We were fifth in the Premier League in the exact same stage that we are right now. Fifth in the Premier League. Only three points in it. That was our record points total. If we get a record points total this year, we'll probably win the Premier League title, which is exactly why Crackers is saying that we can win it. I'll give you another stat off the back of that. Chelsea, at the same time, 
10 points above Tottenham at the same time in 16-17. United, top of the league at the moment, four points in front. The gap has shrunk. We've got our second best defence in the Premier League. We, are, we can still do it. Will we do it is, is a mentality thing, is a belief thing. It's something very, very different. But when we're talking about the football, and you know, I've had some time to think about it and calm down from the, from the, uh, uh, you know, the emotion of the Fulham game, we are not far away from making something happen. We obviously went on a massive run, didn't we, in 2016-17, clearly. And that's what we've got to do again. Can we do it? Absolutely. Have we got the manager to do it? We've got the players to do it. We need to make them adjustments, like Cracker said, them small adjustments. But can we go on and do it? Why not? Year ends in one. Who knows? I love it. Listen, what a way to go to a break. Lee McQueen inspiring us all. Listen, we're still in this title race, according to Lee McQueen. I left here Tottenham top of the league. We're going to get back there. We are going to get back there, I promise you. We're going to go for our final break of the show. We've got some mega stuff coming during this break. We've got a new partnership we're announcing. We've got the Spurs women segment from Anna from the Spurs XY bringing us the very latest on Spurs women, of course. And we've got a Wiccan preview coming your way. Spurs back in the cup. Do not go anywhere. We're back after our final break of this show, which also includes a special mention for a new documentary coming out of Hummin Son on Amazon Prime. God, we've got it all to come. Brunch time is your time, and it's anything you want it to be. It's no emails, no phone calls, no conversations about the weather. It's a proper breather. Cadbury Brunch Bar is packed full of tasty ingredients and dipped in just the right amount of Cadbury milk chocolate for the little treat you deserve. Whenever or wherever you need a proper break, brunch. Last word on Spurs, we've made our own signing, should we say, so far this January transfer window. We're absolutely delighted to agree a new partnership with Five Yards. And you're probably wondering what Five Yards is. Well, I'm delighted to have Josh alongside me to explain a bit about Five Yards, the partnership that we're launching, and it gives a bit more background as to what Five Yards do and who they are. I think we're first and foremost, we're a scouting platform. So uh, the whole idea is um, basically back back your opinions I think we've all of us uh, are football fans we've we've watched uh, games we've seen a exciting player breakthrough and we've said to ourselves like that player is going to go to the top uh, and five yards is is all about sort of proving that you're right um, so there's two ways uh, to do that uh, go on our, our site sign up uh, write a scout report on a player recommend them uh, and tell the world that you that you think this player is going to be the next best thing. Uh, and then as he kicks on in his career, you can say, I, I called that. Uh, and the other way of doing it is, uh, is to buy that player. Uh, so all the players on the platform have, um, have a value that we assign them based on what we see them achieving in their career. So if you think you know better than, than us, uh, in that, you think, hey, that price is cheap. I think they, they can go further than that. Buy that player. Uh, and then as they then increase in their price, because you were right and we were wrong, uh, then you, you've got a little bit of uh, money to show for, for your uh, for your opinions. I think it's quite an exciting brand in itself, especially during the time of a January transfer window where I know we're going to come on to it, Josh, players, prices, their form, there's always at the moment during this period um, either there's a nosedive or we'd see a gradual improvement in a player. So, I mean, it's a quite an exciting brand to launch. You must be quite excited about it. Mate, yeah, it's, it's a dream to be a part of, to be honest. Uh, they're, they're paying me to watch football. 
uh, <laughs> which uh, I, I have to have to um, sort of pinch myself regularly about that. And yeah, I've, I've always I've always fancied myself. I, I am that person who's fancied themselves to sort of um, pick a player who I think is going to make it. And uh, now people, um, yeah, people are sort of playing against me, so to speak, because that's my job. I'm one of the one of the scouts who uh, who tries to predict their their futures. Well, to our players, let's look back at Spurs' summer transfer window. Some of the players that yep. we did sign that window, because Spurs, we signed, of course, the likes of Hoybier, Regulon, Gareth Bale came back to the club, and. I think on the whole, many fans would probably say Spurs, we had a fairly decent summer transfer window. I think we all maybe came away and thought, do you know what? Did we get the experienced central defender that we all wanted, as in uh, Milan Skriniar? No, we got Joe Roden, who for the moment, Joe, to be fair, hasn't had many games. He's one that's going to be nurtured. Gareth Bale knows him very well. Of course, Ben Davies knows him very well. Part of that Welsh contingent. So if we were to have a look at the summer signing Spurs made, at the time, the likes of Regulon, the likes of Hoybier, and we look at if Spurs did do good business. Can you tell us what that was like in terms of on the platform, what their price was then and what it is now and how we've seen the gradual yeah. change for those guys? Yeah, so uh, Hoybier is the um, is the best example to go with here uh, because I don't think we, we had, I'll have to quickly check, but I'm not sure if we had Reggie on, uh, on before he actually signed for Spurs because obviously quite new so we've, we're adding players all the time um but Hoybier we we had on as a as a Southampton player so um he was he was priced at 25 million uh back uh at the end of last season when he was still playing for for Southampton and now uh now he's at 32 million now he's at Spurs so that's seen a big jump and I think um he's been for me probably one of the signings of of the Premier League, to be honest, in terms of he's not the most exciting player, but in terms of the importance to a team, uh, he's come in and he's done a cracking job that's enabled you now to get the best out of Ndombele, although I'm probably one of the people that would like to see Ndombele play a little bit deeper in midfield and push forward from deeper rather than playing as a 10. But yeah, he he's one. That if you if you were playing the game of five yards, and you spotted Hoybier uh, at Southampton, for I I reckon this player can go far, especially as he was sort of loved by Pep Guardiola as a, as a teenager. If you knew that, you were armed with that information, and you thought I fancy him to go far, you'd have made him some, some decent money on um, on. On Hoybier, yeah, I've got to agree, Josh. On Hoybier, he has been for us. I would say probably the signing of the summer. Um, I'd probably say the bargain of the summer as well. For what Spurs actually ended up getting him for, when you look at that Carl Walker Peters deal, such a nominal fee for the job he does. You know, I think our only concern as Spurs fans is if he gets injured, who have we got to really come in and replace him? I think that's the biggest concern we have. Add speculation at Spurs are looking for maybe an alternative to Hoybier during this January transfer window. Nothing really yet in terms of players being mentioned, but again, that just says how important Hoybier has been for Tottenham since he signed. Another player I think again has shown his worth so far is Sergio Regulon. Talk to us about Sergio on this platform, Josh. The, the difference in terms of his price when he first was with you guys to what it is now, his gradual improvement, like I say, as a Spurs player since he joined. Yeah, so we had him on since uh, since September 
24th. So I think he was already a Spurs player at that point in time. Because, we, like I said, he's one that we, we added a little bit later after we uh, have been building up with, with the platform. Um, but his, his price has gone up uh, throughout the season just based on, on his performances, really, that he's been impressing us. Uh, we obviously knew, knew of him from his time at Sevilla, uh, playing well. Um, but coming in and performing at a high level in the Premier League um, has, has pushed his price up. So he's gone from, uh, he's gone from under 30 million uh, to 36 million. Uh, so that's another uh, big jump. So two of two of Spurs' um, main summer signings have have jumped in price. Um, yeah, thirty six million for him. All the indicators suggest that he's very happy at Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think I think he seems it because I think he's become like a key player, and that's what he what he wanted, wasn't it? He wasn't going to be a key player at at Madrid, certainly. Not right now. I mean, you see that assist that he got for Harry Kane the other day. The quality of that cross uh, for the for the diving header. I think there's not many left backs in the league that that would sort of pull a cross out like that from that sort of deeper position. Uh, we want to see more of that from him, and I think um, more and more assists that he gets, the more value he's going to get on on five yards. And coming along now, Josh, to outgoings. Now, to be fair with Tottenham, it's quite thin on the ground. I mean, I know Danny Rose has been heavily linked with a move away this January transfer window. As of yet, nothing at all. Gazaniga, another player up for sale. As of yet, nothing at all. Gazaniga, he's still at Tottenham. One of the players that, again, it's continuously highlighted on the last word on Spurs. We had it, obviously, on our transfer show recently with Fabrizio Romano. That, of course, is Deli Alley. As we understand, Delhi wants to play regular first-team football. He's finding it very hard at the moment at Tottenham, to be fair. What has happened to Delhi Ali's form on your platform? Give us an insight into how Delhi has. Well, this form is incredible. The decline of Delhi on your platform. Yeah, so we we had him rated at um, over fifty million uh, on five yards uh, back back last season. Uh, so the earliest price I've got in here fifty million pounds on on July the first. Today, January the fifteenth, uh, he's now thirty-nine million. So that's uh, that's one of the biggest drops uh, on the platform, really. And that's just really because of a lack of any any um, sort of real run in the team. He, he's so down on minutes played that we can't sort of um, yes yeah, predict him winning a lot of performance pay on our, on our platform, which is all based around uh, around starting in a winning performance or scoring or assisting. Uh, that's just not happening uh, for him. He's got a couple, couple of starts, couple of goals uh, in the Europa League, but he, he needs to go really to, to really uh, see his price rise again. Yeah, I think at the moment, everyone would quite sound Deli Alley. It's quite a difficult situation, one that we expect to run as that final week of the window. I'm sure we'll get some more information as talks progress, as the days progress. Delhi's future will become a lot more clearer. Moving it on, if we can, Josh, to players that Spurs could, should, would assign, were rumoured to sign. Now, we'll talk about the players first that Tottenham could potentially sign. 
Um, we know Marcel Sabitzer has been a name mentioned. I mean, that's probably one for more the summer rather than now. Mm. Can you give us some indicators as to what his rating is at the moment and what his value is and how that's changed at all recently? Yeah, we, we value him at, at 43 million. Uh, I'd be interested to see whether you, you thought whether you thought Spurs might get him at that at that sort of price or, or whether this you might have to... I can tell you Daniel Levy <laughs> I think with Daniel the way he's uh, approaching this one is the player obviously he's coming close to the end of his contract I think Daniel's got his eye on that very much so and I would expect Spurs to be sniffing around once that contract again comes closer to ending and I think the summer for Tottenham is probably more of a realistic aim to where we may see Spurs look to move for Sabitzer another name that has been mentioned this window is Eda Militao he's a Real Madrid Defender mm. hasn't been getting many minutes at Real Madrid. I think the question really is whether Madrid will definitely allow him to move on during this January transfer window. Have you got anything on Ed, Edar Militao at the moment? Yeah, he's he's another one of these players that who's been on on a real slide uh, in terms of price on a, on our platform. So he's down at, at twenty eight million now. Uh, when he he was rated well above forty uh, when when he seemed to be a a key starter uh, for for Madrid. Uh, he was playing in the Champions League games uh, that happened at the end of last season, and he seemed like he was going to be a key part of their defence uh, going forwards. But yeah, dropped dropped right right down now to um, to below thirty million. So yeah, he'd be an interesting one if if you if you fancied a, a go on five yards. If you thought he he might if he comes to Spurs. Will he establish himself still only 22 as as one of the best centre-backs around? That that would raise his price again. But he's one that some people might be tempted by. Interested to see whether Spurs will be tempted by him. Talk about being tempted by players. One player in the past that Spurs were very tempted by, never moved for him, definitely kicking their heels now, is Jack Grealish of Aston Villa. I mean, we remember at the time where Spurs went for a bit of Jack Grealish, it was, as we understand, five million plus Josh Onomar, that low. Some even said it was 3 million plus Josh Onomar. My God. I mean, I'm sure you're going to tell me, Josh, on your platform, that um, that is probably that rating, what even Daniel Levy tried to get him for. The comparison to what you're going to tell me he's worth, Jack Grealish now, you're going to blow my mind, aren't you, about his what, what well, his we, value is now? We've got him at 50 million, which some some people might be saying, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. Like, would, well, would, Villa, would Villa go... Would Villa take fifty million right now? Mm. I, mean, I, don't, I, I, don't I think, think what he's worth to them is yeah. is perhaps more than that. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, just based on just based on um, yeah, what what does he bring to their team? He he is their attack in 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 many ways. Their 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 sort of game plan is where's Jack pass the ball to Jack? Yep. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. If you if you really did have that opportunity to sign him, and and you went in with a low ball offer like that, yeah, that's um, that's one to look back and go, we really dropped the ball there. Agree. And finally, Josh <laughs> Milan Skriniar, a player that was heavily linked with a move to Tottenham. We had Fabrizio Romano tell us on our show last week that Spurs were so so close, so so close to bringing through the player to the club, never happened, never materialised. Give us an indication of what it's like for him now, because to be fair, he has seen his game time increase now at Inter Milan. He's becoming quite a regular there. What's the what's the indicators on Milan Skriniar now? Yeah, so we, we've got him sort of, uh, he's hovered around a similar price. So 
he started at 31 million uh, on our on our platform back in August when he first got added. Uh, now in January, uh, he's at 29. So I think he dropped down a little bit. I think he he lost a few minutes. Uh, wasn't playing as much and then like you say he's sort of leveled out in terms of he's playing again more uh, so you may see his price rise again uh, be interested if uh, Fabrizio was on what what did he mention a fee for um for Skriniar he didn't at the time but um what we understand to be is that he was I think it was around the 50 million euro mark that Inter Milan were looking okay. for which obviously made the deal for Tottenham pretty impossible on the basis of that fee. And like I say, I think it would have been a case that Inter would have had to come down quite significantly for Spurs to have got a deal done for the player. Finally, Josh, I only want to ask you, again, just to give listeners the opportunity if they want to get involved with this great new feature, this great new brand that we're collaborating with you guys here, how can fans get involved with this? Yeah, um, so go to uh, www.5yards.co.uk and sign up uh, to, to the platform. Uh, you can write scout reports, recommend players anytime. Uh, if you want to uh, to buy and sell players uh, uh, using your, your real money, um, then that happens on Tuesdays and Fridays. We have our transfer windows. It's open nine till six. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can, you can prove yourself uh, as a super scout. Love it. Fantastic. Well, Josh, we'll be talking a lot during the next few days on this January transfer window and into February too. Absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Obsessed with true crime? So are we. CBS Reality is the television channel taking viewers to the heart of the most compelling criminal investigations. Watch every twist and turn from our award-winning true crime series and documentaries with fascinating first-hand insights from the experts who were there on the scene. So pick up the remote and tune in to CBS Reality with true crime content every night from 9. You'll find us on Freeview, Freesat, Sky or your Virgin Media Player. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Happy New Year everyone, it's been a while. We had a winter break, our Chelsea game was called off, our Birmingham game was called off, so it's been a while since you've heard from me. Uh, but I've got I've brought some good news, it's been a lovely Spurs double today. The, obviously the men won 3-1 against Sheffield United and the women won 1-0 away at West, at West Ham. Yes, so a nice London derby there. Um, which makes it three wins in a row since Ryan Skinner took over, which is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, two 3-1 victories in December um, and earlier on uh, last or the end of last year, last calendar year. And now a lovely 1-0 win makes it three, which is really, really good. I think we're playing some lovely football, very good defensive display today because we scored in the first half a lovely Goal from Lucy Quinn, who came on as a substitute after 20 minutes when Rachel Williams had to go off, sadly, due to injury. Um, And after that, it was a pretty decent defensive display. And uh, it was good. Um, It wasn't without any nerves. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. West Ham didn't exactly sit back. They did try. I don't think they they, um, troubled Becky Spencer too much. I think she did very well. Um, We are very fortunate to have her in goal. 
But overall, it was a decent performance, uh, some nice passing football. We looked confident, and I think that's what I've really been missing. Uh, well, I, at the beginning of the season, we didn't have was that confidence and style of football. And I think, you know, you can really see it with the men's football as well. But I guess just football in general, you know, when you score a goal, you feel a lot more confident and you you know that you can take that extra inch and you, you know you will make that and you can pass a lot more confidently and or defend better, which is what we did today. So overall, pretty decent defensive performance. And now we go again on midweek against Chelsea um, in the league. And now we're actually seventh in the league, which is looking a little bit better. Uh, obviously, we finished seventh last season, so our aim would be this season to at least finish in the top flat, top half of the table, which would be one to six because there are twelve teams in the in the league. But seventh is pretty good considering how we started the season. So I'm um, going to take that for the time being. But yeah, it's looking looking rather positive. It was an interesting lineup. We had Jessica Naz back, who who was out for a long time due to injury, so it's nice to see her back. But Angela was on the bench. Um, as I said, Lucy was on the bench, so it was it was a rather interesting one. Dean was on the bench, so you know, um, it's an interesting one. I guess uh, Rianne's still trying to figure out her team, but you know, we're winning, so I'm not going to complain. Um, overall, it was pretty good. There's not much else to say really. It was just a one nil. So um, yeah, I think I'm going to stop rambling now. So enjoy the rest of the show and come on, you Spurs! Hi, I'm Warwick Davis, and you may know me as the little fella off the telly, but I'm also big in business. Listen to my new podcast series, Figureheads, where I chat to sporting trailblazers, dance revolutionaries and entertainment innovators, finding out how they navigated their business through some extraordinary events and situations. You'll pick up useful skills and tips from the most unlikely of places, all brought to you by Barclay Card Business. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Warwick Davis, and you may know me as the little fella off the telly. But I'm also big in business. Listen to my new podcast series, Figureheads, where I chat to sporting trailblazers, dance revolutionaries and entertainment innovators, finding out how they navigated their business through some extraordinary events and situations. You'll pick up useful skills and tips from the most unlikely of places, all brought to you by Barclay Card Business. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm absolutely delighted on the last word on Spurs to be joined by the wonderful Danny Fenton, who's the producer of Zigzag Productions and also is here to tell us about a new documentary starring Spurs' very own Hum Min Son. Danny Fursey, seen to get older at Tottenham, how are you? I'm not too bad, actually. Uh, I was one of the very privileged few who got to go to North London Derby, so uh, I still feel like I'm living in a in a, in, a, in a bubble that that well I actually am living in a bubble but no that, that I got to go to that game was amazing now we're recording the back off a 3-1 Spurs win against Sheffield United um, but it's like I say for us here and for you there's a very special documentary coming its way actually out in the next few hours actually midnight for our listeners here on the last word on Spurs on Hun Min Son tell us a bit about this documentary coming up on the South Korean star yeah it's actually been a couple of years in the making and we got approached by a Korean broadcaster to ask us if we would make a documentary on, on Son. And this documentary actually uh, went out as a three-part series in Korea, but we held on to the rights to, uh, to the UK and we've just reversioned it and updated it to go out um, on Amazon Prime as a one times 90 minute documentary. I think, look, I mean, he's the biggest Asian footballer in the world. He's probably, in my opinion, one of the best signings Tottenham have ever made. And um, it's a fascinating insight into, you know, how, how he lives, how he thinks 
and why he's such a great player. He is indeed. And even today, like I say, when he's not scoring, he's assisting. And I suppose, like I say, we know already in South Korea the high profile that Son has got over there in terms of, you know, as a player, as a personality. What do you think this documentary is going to really show about Hummin Son that maybe as Spurs fans, we don't quite know? I think, you know, what you learn about him is how dedicated he is. And I, th- I think that probably won't surprise a lot of Spurs fans. But there are sequences in the film where his dad takes him to the David Lloyd Centre in the afternoons after training to do extra extra training. I mean, his dedication is is unbelievable. He's also got a dad who puts a lot of pressure on him. You know, you, you've probably heard stories that his dad won't let him have a girlfriend. Um, and what you see in this film is everything to him is Tottenham. It's literally his whole life. And when he's not playing football, he's actually... He's quite lonely and he's, he's, he's quite sad. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible to see. But to him, playing for Tottenham is everything. It is indeed. Now, tell us a bit about where we can find this documentary. Obviously, I mentioned at the top of the show, it's on Amazon. So if you're an Amazon Prime uh, customer, if you, like I say, if you sign up for a 30-day free trial, it is there. It's ready to view from midnight. How long does the documentary last for? Tell us a bit more about the documentary, if you can. Anything else you want to mention there, Dan? Yeah, so it's... Um... I mean, obviously, Amazon had the all or nothing with Tottenham. And I think when we, we approached them and said we had this documentary, which is called Sensational, um, they, they bit our arm off for it because, you know, they wanted more Tottenham content and no one's ever done a documentary on Son before. Uh, it tells really the story. Going, It goes back, I'd say, two years. It tells the story leading up to the Champions League final. It's, you know, it's with his dad and his, and, 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 and his family sort of leading up to you know, the Champions League final, but it also tells the story, you know, of him scoring the two goals at City in the quarterfinal. Um, it's it's really everything you would want to know about him that you don't know already. And just filming with him in Korea, so you see how he's like the David Beckham, you know, of, of Korea. You know, they, every, everybody loves him there. He's got his own, he's got his own academy in Korea that his brother runs, um, that's owned by Son and his dad. And um, I think... You know, you will, if it's possible, you'll love him even more than you do already. Fantastic. And just again, a final reminder, documentary on Amazon Prime, from Midnight, sensational. And I'm sure, Dan, like I say, all Spurs fans will be looking very much forward to tuning in to find out even more about our wonderful South Korean. 100%. Thanks Thanks for letting me on. Absolute pleasure. Okay, hey, well done. Excellent performance here today against a team, obviously, uh, on a bit of a crest of a ways after beating Newcastle. Yeah, it's an important game for us. Uh, we know Sheffield are going to be fighting for their lives, fighting for points, but so are we. Uh, and we had to make sure we went with the, uh, a high ing- uh, aggression, a high ambition, uh, and we've definitely done that today. First half, we was outstanding, pressed really high, made it difficult for them, created chances. Uh, and even second half, disappointing to concede, obviously, but after that, we didn't panic, we carried on playing. Uh, and created a few more chances and it, it probably could have been a few more. Yeah, re- real intent about our play here, wasn't there today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we've been disappointed uh, the way we've let points drop over the last four or five weeks. Um, and yeah, we wanted to make sure we turned that around and, and it's down to us as players to go out there and, and show more aggression, show more ambition than, than the other team and uh, that's what we tried to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the important thing was in the second half when they did get that goal back, look, we, we responded straight away, didn't we? Yeah, incredible finish <laughs> by Tangri, great ball by Stevie. Uh, and it was a crucial part of the game because, of course, we were disappointed to concede. And uh, once we saw that third, it kind of eased the pressure a little bit and uh, almost a sucker punch for them. So, uh, But after that, we kept it well. We moved it, made them run. Spaces opened up. And, and like I said, we could have probably scored a couple more. But 
uh, yeah, we're delighted with the three points. You, you mentioned that finish. I mean, you, you are, there is no one better place than you to talk us through that finish. I mean, that is real vision there, isn't it? No, incredible finish. Uh, it's never easy when the ball is coming from that angle and to flick it back over the other side. Uh, shows great techniques, uh, great composure. Uh, and like I said, it's an important part of the game as well. So to do it under that pressure was, was an incredible goal. So uh, hopefully a few more to come for, for the rest of the season. Jose, well done. I mean, that is pretty much everything you want in an away performance right there. If I remember the last time we spoke, was 18 matches to defeat? Yep. So 19 matches to defeat? Yep. Okay. All comps, yeah. Okay. Thank you to remember me because sometimes I, I forget. Um, and sometimes people forget. Um, I think it was a good performance. Again, um, to zero at half time is not enough for what we build, uh, for what we, we create. And again, um, a very, very basic uh, mistake, 2-1, um, and the game is open again. But uh, great mentality and uh, amazing action and incredible goal, but should be a bigger, a bigger result. Um, good energy from, uh, from the team, uh, consistent, uh, strong-minded. Um, dominant, pressing a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, with the performance. We, we came out really strong, Jose, didn't we? I mean, there was in intent, I would say, in that performance. Yeah, we, we were coming with, um, with that. Uh, we didn't come with five, we come with three. Uh, one thing is five, another thing is three. We come with three. Uh, Serge and Sergio, um, they were wingers. Um, Pressing really high, good dominancy, a part of a couple of mistakes, but good dominancy uh, behind. And the, the three attacking guys with, with great dynamica and, uh, and Tangi really amazing in every aspect of this game. <laughs> Tangi's goal is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, the goal, but uh, the control of the game, the control of the pace of the game. Uh, good understanding with Pierre. Pierre uh, always covering his back. Tanguy coming with uh, with the game, with the creation, with the passing, but also tactically trying to to cover the central zone with with Pierre very well. It's a very very complete performance by Tanguy. It's the way we've responded as well from midweek, which I know. Obviously, uh, the players were disappointed. You were disappointed with, but it's the it's how you respond to things like that. It's just played out in front yes, of us I, here, isn't I it? I am disappointed. The players uh, the same, but sometimes it looks for me that people forget the quality of the opponent. Uh, what I'm saying is that Fulham is a very good team with very good players, and uh, I, 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 I'm, I have no problem if somebody is shocked with with four or five players that could perfectly play in our team. And people sometimes, uh, they forget that. People sometimes forget that uh, Crystal Palace can go to Arsenal and, and, uh, and, and take them uh, two points. Uh, people forget that uh, West Bromwich can go to one field and take them two points. Uh, people forget uh, all of these. And I, I just had a, some little feelings during the week that I didn't, that I didn't like. But... Um, Myself, uh, the staff, the players, 
stick together, working, uh, working hard and uh, coming to the game with a plan. And, uh, you know, the players, I think they accepted very, very well that pressure of, that I put on them of we have to be dominant the whole game. If not, uh, Stoke has the ball and, um, sorry, not Stoke Sheffield, I'm so sorry. They, they can hurt you. So, credit to the, credit to the players. Hello, this is Maxim Pope from the Wickham Wanderers podcast, previewing Wickham Wanderers versus Tottenham Hotspur in the FA Cup. My predicted lineup for this game, uh, I'm going to go with a 4-3-3 formation. However, this could easily be a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1, as um, Wickham's tactics have changed a fair amount for the season, depending on game to game. Um, but I'm going to go with a 4-3-3 formation. Uh, in goal, the only position where I know will certainly be playing is Ryan Allsop. Um, we have David Stock there as well, who showed a lot of good form uh, in his previous time with Wickham. However, um, he's now very clearly second-choice goalkeeper, and Ryan Allsop, I'm sure, will be starting goal. Uh, Left-back, uh, we'll have Joe Jacobson, uh, very key, set-pieces, set uh, scoring a penalty in our previous uh, tie game against Preston. And joining him in the defence, uh, I believe, will be Ryan Tafazzoli. Uh, joining from Hull City uh, in the summer has made a massive impact, especially in the last uh, couple months or so, breaking into the first team, uh, getting some valuable points uh, in the league as well. Um, I think could be paired up alongside uh, with Josh Knight, who's recently uh, just re-signed on loan uh, from Leicester City in the Premier League. Uh, right back, it could be either Jason McCarthy or Jack Grimmer. I, I believe it will be Jack Grimmer starting. He's, he's really gelled into the team he had a lot of tough competition with the two of them Jason McCarthy and Jack Grimmer both trying to compete for that right back spot uh, Jason McCarthy's also played in defence however I think he'll reside to the bench for this game and Jack Grimmer will come in as the first choice right back uh, three centre midfielders this could easily be two um, but I'm going to go with uh, Dennis Adeniran on loan from Everton I believe he'll be starting uh, Dominic Gape uh, who's been a very key figure for the last few years. Uh, been struck with a few injuries this year. Uh, however, I think he'll he'll play this game, uh, and I hope also he's he's joined alongside Anis Metmedy, who is a, a very exciting young prospect. Uh, who's released from Norwich City uh, before, and he's come into a very competitive midfield uh, with the likes of Nick Freeman, uh, Matt Bloomfield, and uh, Fred Onyedinma. And it's been very hard for you know him to break into the team, but when he's been given this chance, he's really showed his quality, uh, scoring a vital goal against QPR in recent weeks, getting some valuable points in the league. And uh, I hope he is uh, also starting in the midfield as well. We could also easily see Matt Bloomfield uh, starting alongside. He started the last game uh, in the FA Cup against Preston North End. Um, so I could easily see him come in centre mid, but I think he'll also be on the bench. A front three for Wickham. Um, could easily be either big man up top. It could be Akin Fenwar up top, or it most likely will be uh, Uchiek Piazu, uh, who's shown really good form uh, in the league and also in the last game, uh, the FA Cup. Uh, I, I believe he'll be the one starting. Uh, however, I, I surely expect to see Akin Fenwar coming on probably around the 60 or 70. Uh, and you know, if if we are one down or two down, he's obviously as we've seen in our previous tie against you uh, just a few years ago. You know, he can can cause a bit. Bit of trouble up front, as there's not many ways to deal with him. Uh, hopefully on the wings, we'll hopefully see a new arrival, Admiral Musque. Um, 
who's on loan at uh, Swindon last year. I believe he's he's on loan from Leicester City as well. And hopefully we will see Daryl Horgan, who recently was playing at Hibs. Uh, he's come into the side, really added a lot, and you know, given us some fighting power to to stay up in the league. And uh, he's got a couple of good goals as well. So I'm hoping he'll be starting. Uh, however, uh, could easily see uh, players like Scott Cashkit, uh, Fred Onyedinma, um, Alex Samuel perhaps as well. There's a, there's a lot of options which you know, Gareth Ainsworth does have at his disposal. And it's, it's, it's quite nice to have quite a strong bench. We're not too hampered by injuries at the moment. However, with a strong starting lineup, if we if we get you know not avoid conceding early, I, I reckon you know we're in a chance again. We know we've we've seen it. We had a, enjoyed a really good tie with you guys uh, just a few years ago. I'm sure everyone enjoyed that. We enjoyed that as well. Uh, not getting the result that you know Wickham fans would want. However, we had a lot weaker team back then. You know, being in League Two, having uh, journeymen such as uh, Gary Thompson playing and scoring, and Paul Hayes as well. You know, key figures of Wickham's past, but you know. Now we're in the championship for the first time in our history and you know we have a much stronger side. Um, I could very much argue that Tottenham also have a, a stronger side you know, in the form that they're in at the moment. But um, you know, I, I, I do believe that Wickham will give this a real go. We're not, we're not here you know, just for, to be pushed around. We've shown many, many times that you know, don't underestimate us uh, in many ways. And I, I do hope that you know, we will be fighting for this uh, and we're not going to be turned over 5 or 6 nil. I really do hope um, I also think that uh, you know, to give a predicted result it'd be wrong of me to come in here and say you know, we will be rolled over 3 or 4 or 5 nil. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic I hope we do have an exciting game like we did have you know, a few years ago uh, I'm going to say it's going to be an exciting tool affair and I'm going to say that Wickham will nick it uh, on penalties uh, you know we do have a lot of penalty specialists, as uh, Tottenham do as well with Harry Kane if he will be playing or not. But uh, hopefully we'll give you a, a really good game, and uh, it'll be a goals galore affair. But you know, may the best team win. Hello and welcome back to the final part of the last word on Spurs. We've just heard there from our guy that's just covered Wickham for us in the cup. Listen, Spurs at the moment, we're fighting on all four fronts. This is still a week ahead of time, so to be fair, difficult to know what the team is going to look like, what the squad's going to look like, if we're going to have any additions, if we're going to have any departures in this next week. We'll give it a quick preview. John, let's come round to you. FA Cup, always a big occasion for Tottenham, always a competition we want to do well in. What are we expecting, John? Should we have any concerns with this upcoming fixture? No, Wickham are a, a very small uh, championship-sized club. They've only just recently been promoted to the championship. Uh, we'll have to watch out for the Beast once again. He obviously starred in the 4-3 game at White Hart Lane, uh, which we relied on two late goals to see us through last time we played Wickham. Um, but no, generally, Wickham are, uh, you know, we looked at the Brentford game, you know, we quite comfortably in the end beat Brentford. OK, they play some nice football. We beat Leeds, who dominated the championship last year. Wickham are right down the other end to those two teams. So now I'm expecting a, uh, a comfortable Tottenham win. Um, but look, it's away from home. They'll be up for it down at Adams Park. It's a big occasion for them and some of those players. Uh, so I'll go for, we will progress, but... Uh, yeah, you know, probably a, a hard-fought game, maybe a 3-1 Tottenham win. Um, but yeah, Wickham will throw everything at us. They always do. That's the magic of the cup. And it gives these players an opportunity to play against us. And I'm sure Aki Fenwa will be busy doing lots of media interviews in the week. 
Rich, let me come round to you because when John said there, Wickham, a very small championship club, I'm thinking, oh my God, the memes are coming. I'm getting really concerned. You know, it's one of those where you just think, are Spurs going to slip up? Because I think Anthony Costa always says it. These are the games that he's always worried about. These banana skins. Are you confident, Rich, by the way we dealt with Marine in such a you know real respectful way in terms of the team set up there, that Mourinho will again adopt a similar approach to put out quite a strong team to get over the line for this game? Yeah, Jose uh, targets cups in his first seasons at clubs. You've seen that he's done it with the League Cup and we're in the final. And I don't think the FA Cup's going to be any different. And uh, like John says, Wickham, lovely small club. I've actually worked there. I've worked pitch side doing announcing for uh, the celebrity uh, soccer games. Know around the club, know the staff. Lovely club, lovely people as well. But they they shouldn't hold any we shouldn't hold any fear for them any any problems at all and I think we'll go there we'll be professional we'll put a good team out and if we do that same as same as Marine I know it's a step up from Marine and we'll have bigger problems than Marine offered us but not not enough problems so I'm going I'm going with a good three nil win quite quite easily to be honest. Lee, I know it's difficult to kind of look too in-depth at this game because it is still quite far ahead. What's your sure. thoughts on this one, Lee, in terms of team? What are you expecting from Jose Mourinho? And, you know, are you expecting Spurs to hopefully progress? Well, the first point I want to make is on Anthony Costa. He was worried about the Marine game. So, uh, do you know what I mean? I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Go on, Ant. Um, I, I love it. I love what Cracker said. I actually live, I live in a little village just uh, south of Tame in Oxfordshire. But actually, I'm only 17 minutes away from Adams Park Football uh, football Club, uh, the, the Wickham uh, Wanderers Adams uh, Park Stadium. So uh, I'm torn as my local club between Oxford United and Wickham Wanderers. So it's a, it's a nice little draw. Obviously, we can't go because of COVID, which is really annoying. So obviously, everybody, please, please, please keep safe. And there was a, um, a story or a murmur in the week, wasn't there, that uh, Wickham Wanderers had come down with a bout of COVID. So hopefully the game still goes ahead. But totally on the same page as the lads, you know, 100% professional job done. We're, you know, we're going we're gonna to win uh, well. And, and, and again, I think it's a real good opportunity to, to keep getting some minutes in some of the legs of the, of the players. Um, I think what's really strange about the whole draw this year is that obviously we got Wickham. Um, and if we always say if and when we, you know, if we get past them, whatever, who who might we get? Well, we know this season who we will get, and we face Everton away probably. Uh, it might not be Everton because it might be Sheffield Wednesday, but it might be Everton. It's probably going to be that. So we kind of know in advance where, where your kind of your cup runs going to come from, and that looks exciting for for me. So get the job done against Wickham, professional performance, four 0 for me, and they'll we move on. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Tottenham. I think, you know, we shouldn't really have a massive problem against Wickham, but it is Tottenham, you never know. So I think we'll get the job done. Can I just say a massive thank you? Been great having John Wenham back on the last one on Spurs. John, thank you so much. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great coming on after a, a vital three points. And I've loved talking Tottenham with you boys. And uh, yeah, roll on the week ahead, roll on Wickham. Come on, you Spurs. I agree. And also, please, like I say, as always, our crazy train instructor, Lee McQueen, leading us through the fog leading us through the way, the titles that we find on, let's say, the journey to hopefully lots of trophies, lots of cups. Lee, thank you as always. 
Totally, mate. And absolutely monumental to have you back with. When you left us, we were top of the league, as you said, after 10 games. Manchester United were also five points behind us. As we now sit here, not only are they uh, uh, they're top of the league now, they're actually four points ahead of us. So for all of you non-believers that we can't do it, Manchester United had a nine-point swing during the last eight games. So if they can do it, we can do it. And I'll also give you another stat. Arsenal, Leicester, Everton, Liverpool, Tottenham and Manchester United. What they all got in common? They've all been top of the Premier League this season. So if this ain't a crazy train and this ain't a crazy season, uh, weirder things haven't happened. This is the craziest and Tottenham can win it. It is the most crazy train. And also bringing it on to our January signing, the wonderful Richard Cracknell. Rich, thank you as always. And like I say, we've got a crazy, as Lee says, the train ahead. It doesn't stop. I'm just hoping that the wife of the last word on Man United is pregnant and they have to bring in a uh, caretaker host now. And that it's our turn to have a nine-point swing in the... Oh, uh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? My God. I mean, I, I mean, I could go away for another couple of months, you know, don't get me wrong, she'd love that. But um, listen, <laughs> we've got a big, big couple of weeks ahead. Some massive, massive fixtures to come. As always, guys, listen, keep safe, keep well. We've got another big show we're bringing you during the week as well. So, as always, keep the faith and come on, you Spurs. Hi, I'm Warwick Davis, and you may know me as the little fella off the telly, but I'm also big in business. Listen to my new podcast series, Figureheads, where I chat to sporting trailblazers, dance revolutionaries, and entertainment innovators, finding out how they navigated their business through some extraordinary events and situations. You'll pick up useful skills and tips from the most unlikely of places, all brought to you by Barclay Card Business. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.